others, you are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Konnichiwa! Konnichiwa! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Talk to Keiki. I am Matthew Onisad, and joining me is my co-host, Ethan Onisan. What's up? Konnichiwa! Ethan Onisan desu! Yoroshiku onigashimasu! Alrighty, very good. Uh, Alright, we got we got excited We before we recorded. We, we had to cancel the recording to start over <laughs> for reasons we're not going to say. <laughs> Because he was not aware we were fucking recorded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You know, if we ever played you guys some of the bloopers that don't make the show, we'd probably be canceled. So don't yeah, expect that. Yeah, yeah, we, we. Indeed. If you thought some of the shit we say on air is crazy. Woo-wee. Alrighty. Anyway, uh, we're going to end it differently today. We're going to end with the two-year attorney finale due to, again, today was the last episode as we recorded. So we're going to start with seasons we haven't watched first. Before that, we're going to get to some news. We got a couple of news today. Um, a couple of days ago, uh, we got announced that Fanfare of Adolescence original anime has been announced. Uh, it'll be produced by Le Douche. Douche? Le Douche? Le Douche? Oh, Le Douche. Okay. Yes, and it'll be set for spring 2022. Uh, there's no trailer, but there's a... Uh, there's a poster or the artwork, and actually it looks very promising. So once we get more of the premise, we'll definitely check that out. Life is full of very promising things that don't really... I know, but uh, I'll keep my hopes up to the trailer. I guess. Alrighty, uh, we also found out uh, Baki Hanma will be released worldwide in September on Netflix. You've seen Baki, right? I have not. You have not. Okay, so I, as I know, person, I know you have. <laughs> I have, yeah. And so I, I, with the masses, where the end of season two was was such a shit show, um, a lot of people I know that were watching it don't plan on watching Baki. I will watch it just because I like a good gory fucking, uh, you know, fighting anime. And um, besides the shit show that happened last season, it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? So, um, I gave it a three out of five. Um, and yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, you let me know how that goes. Uh, also, we want to congratulate One Piece for releasing their 100 volume of the manga. 100 volumes and a fucking thousand episodes and 1,000. Yeah, still going. Chapter 1,000 some shit, right? Just about, yeah. Gosh. I mean, I don't read or watch it, but I know it's still very popular. And again, hats off to them. I think we have a couple of years left till it's over. Unlike unlike John Cena, it's not missionary position over and over and over. Hey, if you find someone that finds missionary that makes missionary inches for twenty years, they're a fucking caper. Clearly not Nikki Bella. Uh, hey, yeah, she wants anything that gives her the kids, and he was like, oh, I gotta go. Seki. <laughs> anyway. Will you stop? <laughs> hey, bye. <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, we also got a trailer for the Faraway Paladin. Uh, looks like one of those could be the sleeper type animes that are is going to get generally get enough buzz. Uh, it's going to come out October 9th, so uh, I think it's going to be on my list for fall. We will see. Hi. <laughs> Any news on your end, or did I cover? 
Um, I mean, do you want to count the fact that Lisa's husband apologized for being a cheating? Yes, we could talk about that. Yeah, I mean, Lisa's back. She's back touring and she's doing fabulous shows in Japan and Nihon uh, outside of the uh, places where there's a national state of emergency. Um, and, and she'll be available to do the Demon Star song that people were freaking freaking out about for no reason because, you know, her mental yeah. health is more important than a stupid song. <laughs> and she's probably going to get a second. Oh, yeah, well, uh, most likely, but damn it, Draken, keep it in your pants. How do you, how do you fuck that up, bro? How do you fuck Lisa up? Like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, oh, don't I know. would be fucking not gonna eat pie daste all the time inside that, that wet woman, bro. Fuck. Uh, but yeah, for those that know, uh, Tatsushiya Suzuki voices, uh, Anos from, uh, Misfit Demon of Demon King Academy and Draken from Tokyo Revengers. <laughs> Oi, Takemichi. Yep. So, what the fuck? What the fuck, Draken? Draken, my G. What are you doing? Damare. Damare. Takemichi. Mikey! Bro, there's so much crying. We'll get into it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, just, just, just get him, Midoriya, and Tanjiro. No, he's definitely. This. No, 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 no. No, you, you don't mean Tanjiro. You mean fucking uh, Zanetsu. Oh, Zanetsu is fucking annoying. <laughs> no, that's Inusuke. No, no, that's Inusuke versus Bakugo. Waiting for it. Oh, the sequel God. we all need. <laughs> but Bakugo isn't stupid like Inusuke. Like, Inusuke is like literally. No, like, no, on, no. Like, it was just he's, on a re, he's on a re spectrum. It's like as if they put like a re re child. With a bunch of weights, and he got like super bulky and fucking is athletic, but he's still a Riri. That's literally fucking Inu. But you know, I, I would still have to see that shout invite. <laughs> oh, speaking of Demon Slayer, by the way, um, for those who don't know, on uh, Uniqlo, Uniqlo dropped their Demon Slayer line. Uh, Uniqlo is one of the best clothing. I love Uniqlo. Um, and they have some of the best anime drops. They have One Piece drops that consistently, Evangelion, Gunpla. Um, and they released Jujutsu Kaisen a couple months ago. I managed to cap a couple shirts from there. And they released another Demon Slayer line. Um, and I managed to get the uh, Seven Hashira shirt, which is really cool. It's a front and back shirt. So uh, if anybody wants some cool Demon Slayer merch, it's $19.99 for uh, adult sizes. And I think like $14.99 maybe for children's sizes. Uh, but you can go on uniqlo.com or you can go on the uniqlo app and see what what's left uh from what they have so anyway um we also got um the manga blue thermals getting the anime movie coming out in uh, march 2022 and i believe it's uh looks like it's like a volleyball movie hmm. mm. just by looking at the picture and all that are you really do you like sports anime because i mean truthfully I've, I've never really been a. I, it, it, it depends it, it depends i don't mind boxing anime because that's what i've seen with, well uh, i love megalo box, box. Yeah. i i like tiger mask w yeah i like tiger mask w too. and the and the classic tiger mask <laughs> oh um and don't forget fucking the guy from um ah oh, that one that came out um a couple like a, a year ago last year okay. the guys the guy's name was um was uh what's his face Fuck, man, I forget his name now. Um, uh, I was gonna say fucking say Sakuraba, but that's not right. Um, fuck, what the hell? <laughs> the the guy who fucking runs LA Dojo, I forget his name. Oh, Shibata. Shibata. Shibata Kenzo. Yeah, that was the okay. main character's name, and he liked he liked his dog, and he a masked luchador in Japan. Anyway, that was pretty cool. Okay, yeah, that is pretty. Uh, we also got uh, Honeyworks on Heroin. Tarumono adapted for TV anime, which is going to be in spring. I'll look, I'll look that up later. Yeah. And for and one more, uh, Teaser Master Takagi-san is getting the third season and mm. the movie. Mm. Uh, 
I still have, I still have yet to watch that. I, I need to complete the trifecta of Ozaki Chan, Nagatoro, and now Takagi-san. They look like little children, though. Like, it's one thing. Like, I know, like, in high school, like, it's one thing. But, like, seeing, like, like fucking oh, that, that's there's, kids, there's, there's, like, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. There's two manga. That's kind of... that's one, one where they're in the junior junior high, and then when they're adults. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, married. Really? Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, those are short. Those are, like, eight pages. But, uh, damn, she thick. Nah. She thick as an adult. It's out there. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe that covers announcements. The new. We'll talk about the other one at the end. Oh wait, did we mention My Heroes coming to theaters October twenty eighth? We, we did, did not. <laughs> we did not. That's one last bit, bit of news that came out late last week. Uh, My Hero Academia. Uh, is it what? What's the the Heroes Rising? No, that's not yeah. it. Yeah, Heroes uh, Rising. No, I believe so. Heroes Rising? Yeah, I guess. Anyway, the newest My Hero movie that's, by the way, it's still number one in Japan for the fourth consecutive week. Um, so congratulations to them. But it is coming to the theater is uh, October 28th, I believe. Um, tickets, I guess, will be announced later um, when you can pick them up. But uh, yeah, pretty early. Dig it. I know, right? I Dig can't. It. Uh, yeah, get your tickets. <laughs> I will be watching. Yeah, so will we. And uh, I am looking forward to it. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, I believe now, now we're done with the news. Oh wait, no, I'm just kidding. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's now, it's now gonna be next week. All right, we're gonna take one little break and then we'll get to the animes that we are not watching together. Stay break tuned. One of three. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code Chairshot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, we're back, everyone. Hokkaido. Yeah, fuck, I fucked that up. That was horrible. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to say Hokkaido Asai, Matthew Onisan, but I fucked it up. All right, well, now it's lost and forgotten with time. Yeah. All right, you know the drill. You start. You start us off. Start. Start off right. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, Sukimichi. We'll start off at Sukimichi. Another good episode. Um, I'm actually forgetting. I'm blanking. What the fuck happened in or, at Sukimichi? It was a good episode. I was entertained, but um, what the fuck did happen in Sukimichi? <laughs> Listen, I'm tired. I was raging this weekend, and fucking, I got a bunch of plans and shit. You, you were seething, yep. Uh, yeah, man. So, fuck. I don't remember what the fuck happened to Suki, but it was a good episode. I remember that. Much. Oh, wait. I do remember what happened to Sukimichi. Basically, it's like a training episode. So, basically, um, because of the previous attack in one of the previous episodes, where basically um, Makoto and... Um, and Tomoe and Mio destroyed all the fucking um, adventurers because they were evil or quote unquote evil. Um, all the adventurers are injured, so the only adventurers that are left are them and um, the group they came into town with. So Makoto tells um, uh, Tomoe to go train them, and so she fucking puts them through hell, puts them through absolute fucking hell. And but eventually they learn with a little bit of assistance from from uh, Tomoe, uh, they learn to basically become an excellent duo and they become the top adventurers after killing like a fucking like B class fucking like two B class nests in a single day, which is unprecedented for them. Blah, 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 blah. So there's that. And then also by the end of the episode, uh, Makoto goes over to the Rembrandt company and uh, basically wants to rent a shop because part of like a secret um, agreement along with being a um, a 
uh, merchant in the in the city is that you must participate in espionage. So anybody that comes into your fucking shop that uh, is like someone of interest or someone that may may the government may want to know about, you have to report them. And he doesn't want to do that shit. So he meant so he mentions he wants to basically be under Rembrandt for now. And he's like, well, I could do that, or you can go to this neutral city, um, and I know somebody there, and you can set up your shop in the neutral city. And you don't have to worry about these rules. And he's like, okay, I'll do that too. So we're gonna basically see that in the next episode. Um, I'm not doing it justice. It's a really good episode, but there's some of the other ones this week. Scarlet Nexus. Uh, Scarlet Nexus, uh, another good episode. We see Yuito's condition worsen. Um, and so they're in the middle of a battle and his condition is basically debilitating. De and so he has to take the drug that he was prescribed uh, by the OSF doctors. And he immediately feels better and he immediately becomes like super OP and takes out all the fucking others. Um, after this little battle... And he says, like, I'm good. They see, um, what's it called? One of his, uh, the teammate that can see really far. She sees some buses um, that are going toward uh, uh, Sierran, which is basically the forbidden city where they came from. So they tail the buses and they fucking get to, um, they manage to, the, the buses stop and they manage to go over to this place. When you look at the, the facility, it's the same facility where Kasane and her group is and where they're housing Naomi and the uh, and the other others. So they basically infiltrate the, um, they infiltrate the, the the building and they look at the hardware that's there from the pharmaceutical company because it's the old it's their pharmaceutical company and um they notice that inside these fucking silver cases that are stacked up on all bunch of walls are human brains and then when they put two and two together they realize that the fucking drug that yuito has to use and they also connect the dots with the drug that um they give to Naomi in the previous episode. The drug is made out of human brains, and Yui told immediately feels like sick. He's gonna be like, uh, uh, he starts like dry gagging and shit. And then they get into a fight. Yuito's uh, group and Kasane's group. And they get into a fight, and um, uh, Yuito's convinced that Kasane killed her dad, but Kasane hasn't denied it, even though she didn't. Um, they get into the fight, and eventually, um, one of the teammates from Kasane's team lets one of the lets the Yuito's group go because one of them, because Yuito basically he doesn't want to take the drug anymore. Yuito's condition comes back; it's stronger, it dehabilitates him again. Um, Kasane hesitates to kill him, and then they, basically the other teammate allows him to uh, allows them to escape. And she's asked afterwards, like, "Oh, you know, they're gonna snitch us out." Da 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 da. And he's like, "You know," she's like, "We don't know anything, so let's just." you know it is what it is you know whatever and of course they do snitch them out um and so we basically see another emotional scene with kasane and naomi um we also see like i said that revelation of the human brain thing with karen from the previous episode and uh kasane's group and so um the end of the episode basically is the uh fubuki uh major general fubuki uh comes to meet them at the fucking at this like shack that they're all in basically and he confirms that he knew about the lab and he knew about the drug and the brains and shit already which is like oh my god so it's like basically this government is all fucked up um and they're basically hiding a bunch of shit and yuito's everything is coming to fruition very slowly as old yuito came in pre in the previous episode uh million live season two uh was another decent episode one of the better ones of the season basically um the group is in severe turmoil so basically um they kill the fucking the snake-headed guy who ends up being the fa the father of the little girl that they met and uh uh, uh fucking what's the fuck is this guy's name um utah not utah fucking uh uh yeah, ah fuck i was gonna say yaoya <laughs> jesus christ i think it is utah utah basically tells um uh kasue 
to kill the guy and she goes to kill him but she can't do it because she's such a kind-hearted girl she hesitates and she almost gets fucked up and then glenn glenn glenda glenn almost gets fucked up too so um without hesitation fucking uh utah fucking kills uh the guy and he gets lambasted by his teammates because he's so cold-hearted da, 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 da. like how can you make this girl fucking um kill this guy when she doesn't want to so he basically accepts responsibility like listen i understand you there are certain things yusuke sorry not yuta yusuke um anyway so he's like i understand you know i can't uh, make you do things you don't want to do so if there's anything i ask that you can't do let me know i'll be happy to do it blah blah blah, blah. so they basically go to the village um and they see this guy um <clears throat> and um Actually, let me backtrack. So the girl finally tells them the whole story, and basically the 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 village chief is is a cunt, and so he basically whenever they run out of crops, they've been attacked by monsters and they're running out of crops. And whenever they run out of crops, he basically sends two adults to go, or even just two people in general. It could be kids; it doesn't matter. People that basically get in his way or maybe cause conflict for him later on. He sends them what's called the journey of hope, which basically means the journey of death, because they go out into the wilderness where all the animals are and they die. Um, but he does it so he can quote unquote save the, and f feed mouths and all that shit, which is terrible. So anyway, they get to the village, they meet the little boy, which is um, they meet this boy who's running guard. And he's the, the little brother of the other guy that went with the girl's father, and they're, he's dead too. So they're both dead. Um, and basically, as they're going to Glenn and uh, Yusuke and go to explore the village, and as they're going to explore the village, they come across this little girl, and she's a complete bitch. Come to find out, she's the granddaughter of the chief. And so she takes them to the chief, um, and the chief and them talk, and the chief is a complete asshole. He locks Glenn and Yusuke. They're stupid as fuck, but he did trick them into, like, into this unbreakable cell, basically. And they go over to the house where they're holding the little girl, and the, the little girl says, listen, I left the village, and I'm going to die because I left the village because they're going to execute me. And the heroes are like, no, we'll protect you. We'll protect you. So they, the fucking chief basically tricks them into saying, yeah, you're good, da-da-da-da, no problem. Come to the mansion with me. We're going to meet with Yusuke and Glenn. And he takes them across a bridge and then he cuts the fucking bridge and there's like a bottomless tar pit basically there and he's like no monsters ever escape from there you guys won't escape from there either once you fall ha 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 i don't have to take you to the um to the the dungeon where glenn and yusuke are you're all fucked ha 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 whatever and that's where it leaves off and so the fucking chief is a complete absolute asshole and all of the people are in peril um slime is just fucking fantastic slime is super fantastic long story short benny morrow is op as fuck and he easily decimates this fucking humongous monster that it took millium to fucking kill the last time this monster happened. And Benny Morrow now did it in easily a fair swoop. And so um, there was a battle between um, the dragon forces and um, and the three beastkeepers and uh, Benny Morrow's forces. And they end up joining together uh, against the cause because Clayman is a complete and absolute fucking psychopath and they want to kill Clayman. So they basically agree to, to join up. But the episode highlights how fucking stupidly OP Benny Maru is now. Um, and just in general, some of the a lot of the, the, the people are like just they're fucking nuts now that Rimuru is a fucking demon lord. They all basically get shit. But they, even though they're all nuts and they're all OP, um, there's still people on the other forces that are really, you know, doing their best. Like the two clowns basically take one of the beastkeepers and the um, and geld the uh, orc king and they fucking make light work of them they don't die or anything like that because they're strong enough to survive but they get their ass kicked and hand it to them mm -hmm. um and so yeah but like i said benny Morrow is super fucking op that's all you need to know benny Morrow is fucking overpowered and it's awesome um <coughs> excuse me and finally uh boruto 
another great episode of Boruto. Basically, see Kashin Koji and um, and Jigen fight. Uh, the transmission gets knocked out. Amado continues to tell like the story of of who Jigen truly is, and we find out that uh, Ishiki was the partner of Kaguya. Kaguya turns on fucking Ishiki for unknown reasons and leaves him mortally wounded. So what he does is there's a nearby monk who ends up being Jigen, and instead of doing the karma mark, he basically turns himself, like he shrinks himself with his jitsu, and he goes into the dude's ear and latches to his brain and basically overtakes him over time. But the guy's body is, is too weak and he can't he can't handle the the Okutsuki, uh, Otsutsuki uh, karma. So he basically is an insufficient host. So he's just, you know, there for the time being. But eventually that's why you have Kawaki and Boruto. They reveal to Naruto that Boruto is uh, the, the, the the vessel for um, Momoshiki and um, what's his face? And um, Kawaki is the vessel for Ishiki. And everyone's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then basically the feed comes back on and uh, we see the battle between Jigen and Kashin Koji. Eventually, like, you know, it, 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 it heightens up. It's a good ass battle for sure. Um, also, Naruto's starting to realize who Kashin Koji is. I'm not going to spoil it because I already know basically stuff that happens in the manga that's past this. So I won't spoil who exactly Kashin Koji is. But he's starting to recognize Kashin Koji's patterns, um, whether it's Endon, whether it's like Toad Oil, whether it's the Kichiyosen with fucking Toad. He's and the look that should give you a, all the hints you need <clears throat> in terms of that. But another fantastic episode. Oh, and um, they grant Amado his um, his amnesty um, and his asylum, but because they don't have the paperwork, he still says the bomb stays on Shikadai, which pisses off Shikamaru. Shikamaru is so fucking hot. He, I haven't seen Shikamaru this hot since fucking they killed uh, what's his face? Um, he didn't, uh, no, uh, well, who's that? Well, they, yeah, obviously they killed uh, Hedon, but um. Asuma. He hasn't been that oh, okay. since they fucking killed Asuma. Like that nigga. Right. Bad. That motherfucker. That was that was, the, that was what that was what he beats. <clears throat> yeah, and so he basically he's back to fucking asshole Shikamaru. Like he wants to cut this motherfucker's throat, but fucking Naruto basically has him on a leash. Like no, you can't do that. You, like and you see Naruto and he's like super fucking like he's like super serious right now. Like he's in full Hokage diplomat mode. It's really dope. This like he's not being a pushover with this guy, but he's being calm and rational. And Shikamaru is just a concerned father, and he's like losing his whole shit, and he just wants to fucking cut this motherfucker and send him where Hidan is but Naruto just basically won't let him so um it's a good basically little thing there uh between that so but and also I forgot to mention part of the story we find out that Amado um put the coordinates in there for Sasuke to go to fucking Jigen's lair so he could see the ten tails and maybe take him out um it obviously didn't happen but basically this whole thing is being conspired by Amado to take down Jigen because he knows what Jigen's doing is wrong blah blah blah, blah. and it's fucking phenomenal shit I'm telling you right now over this, this whole arc which is basically the whole fucking manga it's a fucking five like honestly like if you go back to like the first episodes and everything i laid out in the group um it's like a fucking three at best it's a fucking three like the the some of the fillers are really shitty some of the fillers aren't bad it's a at no more than a three but ever since they started hitting their stride with the manga it's a goddamn five anime it's stupendous and i wish more people would be able to see that but it's hard for them to get through the fillers i, I won't shit on that I, I understand that so um that's it for me i went a little bit longer than what i normally go but yeah that's, that's fine that's fine i'll probably do that for a couple of them <laughs> yeah all right uh i'm actually gonna start with sunny boy and uh yeah uh it's slowly winning me over little by little <laughs> so uh definitely uh for this whole like where they are this other dimension they're finally called this world like this world that's that, that type of thing and uh what you call it um the teacher or the fake teacher who called herself the teacher is like oh we're gonna pass judgment 
on Nagara because of his ability of having us all gone from this world to get here, even though, again, not his fault at all. So um, mm-hmm. even Yamabiko is like, don't worry, like, I know he didn't do this, but they need someone to blame, basically. So that's kind of what they did. And so uh, this judge, the guy that's going to judge him, uh, Kumori the Convictor, uh, he lures he lures Zagara into this world where it's like a minefield, basically. It's like the like old, like students from year hundreds and hundreds of years ago working on like basically lifting stones, going to the stairs. Uh, they you see them, they're building a tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this guy's name is uh, Futa Toshubi Toboshi. Mm. Anyway. Uh, basically, this guy has been working the the has been working the mines for many many years. Uh, he he's just a hard worker, that type of thing, live, enjoying life. Even though all they do is pick up stones, go down the stairs. So I go up, to, so I, yeah, go down the stairs, and then the guard's like, okay, what are, they, what are you doing? Like, oh, we're building the tower to get to heaven. Hmm. Mm. But he was like, okay, but why are you putting the stones? Why are you walking the stones downstairs instead of going up? Because it's hell, motherfucker. But uh, eventually, uh, basically, uh, Nagara had to take his name and call it Nagata because all those students like, oh, if I see the Nagara guy, I'm going to kill him, basically. And I got that Yuji disc. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, eventually, uh, so- you can die in this world. Oh. As a uh, Futa. Um... <laughs> 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 oh, God. I'm glad you caught it because I literally you said Futa. I don't. I looked at my fucking mic. I was like, her nanny, <laughs> Boshi. I'm calling him Boshi. His last half of his name. <laughs> no, you can't. I can't believe I said. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Anybody who doesn't understand why we're laughing, first off, don't Google that at work. Second off, don't don't look it up. Period. <laughs> I mean, Unless you're into that. Unless you're into that. Hey, we we don't judge here at Talk the Kiki anime, anime podcast. We, whoever you like, you know, as long as you're not fucking dogs and kids, you're good. Straight up. Awkward side. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I God damn it, Matthew. Let that fucking... Yo, let that one simmer, bro. Uh, uh, anyway. And oh, that's sh- where everybody turned their shit off. We ain't top of this, folks. I can't imagine hearing it. As long as you don't fuck dog and kids and you're in the middle of fucking uh, traffic, right? Oh, no. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, basically, um, they talk about shooting stars, right? Mm-hmm. So they go to this part of the cave where they see, like, low and light. And Boshi walks in it. And then uh, Nagata remembers something that uh, uh, Rajhani said. Like, hey, uh, this, these are basically spider webs. If you walk towards it, it's a distraction. They get caught in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, shit, don't go in there. It's a trap, basically. And these insect-type creatures pick up this guy and they... Tear them in half. Eat them. You don't see that, but yeah, like, oh shit, people actually die here. Mm. And then, uh, so Nagawa's a little bit depressed, obviously, and then he realized that it's basically like a mirror, like reflection type thing. Because first, before that, he tried to escape, but his powers weren't working. Because mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys in that world's like, hey, yeah, it's not working because I'm not letting it. Mm-hmm. But uh, eventually, he meets a Kamori the convictor, and that he deems him like he's not guilty, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So he delivers that news to that class, that giant class that wants to kill him. Like, no, like he's fine. Don't lay a finger on him. Mm-hmm. Thing. So eventually, Nagara gets back to the world, and then you find out all the students are going their separate ways. Mm-hmm. So this giant class 
that's led by Hoshi. First, you find out from Hoshi that uh, she's not hearing those voices in her head anymore. Oh, she's not Randy Orton. Yes. <laughs> Basically, God's not, God's not talking to her anymore. Oh, wow. So they're going their venture off. And then Raj- Rajhani is also leaving. He's also leaving the group. So I'm upset about this. Mm-hmm. Like, no, why are you leaving? <laughs> but he wants to explore all the worlds, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to miss him for that. Hopefully we see him again. Uh, before he leaves, he call, he gives he gives a name to Nagara's ability called World Creation. Because they're like, hey, you can, you can create these worlds, basically. Mm-hmm. So basically while they're stuck there, he wants to explore them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, what do you call it? Mizuho is like, you know what? I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stay with Nagara to figure it out. And they go to Nozomi and say, hey... Um, what are you going to do? And then it ends with her saying, I don't know. Because <laughs> the zombie was the one that finds the light that will lead them to where they're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And now she's not seeing that light, so she doesn't know what worse she's going to do. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely definitely a lot of good world building, so I'm excited for that. So again, it's slowly winning me over. Uh, so I really hope it picks up to where it ends. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, now Nighthead 2041. It went back mm-hmm. to being May again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So Sunny Boy's ahead of it just by a hair. Uh, the Kirihara brothers, uh, at, from the last episode where they uh, where they ba- practically vanished, uh, they went back to their home base from years ago when they were kids, and they find uh, Miku Ria, who's the one that was basically taking care of them when they were young, who basically took them away from their family. <laughs> And he mm-hmm. took them away from the family just to prove that psychics exist. So they need them to restore the spiritual earth. Uh, but they didn't say, like, before that, like, during this, there's two Earths. The spiritual Earth and the Earth that they're all seeing to the effect that psychic abilities don't exist. That's the one they're in right now. Mm. So basically, the Kirihara brothers are basically annoyed of that they're being used as guinea pigs, like sacrificial lambs. So Naruto's extremely pissed about this. Mm. <laughs> like, I, like, like, we're just experiments and policy. Like, why can't we go there? It's like, oh, no, no, because your job's not done. Mm-hmm. So that basically because it's all about that girl still, uh, Futami, the sentient essential being, celestial being that's controlling both of them, both of the worlds to get these, to get them, have them do their job. <laughs> and uh, then we go back to uh, Kimi and the Kuroki brothers. And I see Yuya tr- training with Ki- uh, Kimi with his, with his abilities. And then he's trying to dig deep into where they saw the Kirihara brother is trying with with his with his parents. And uh, Kimi says, "Stop it! You're going too deep. You can't control this." And then Yuya passes. Yep. <laughs> then, then Yuya passes out, and then Kimi's like, "Why were the Kirihara brothers there? Like, basically, they that, that's not real. Like, why were they there in that vision?" Mm-hmm. So it's kind of falling in place, but still, uh, it's just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I want, I, I, there's good moments, but not so good moments. So much fucking exposition. So I'm not dropping it because I just, I just want to know how it ends at this point. <laughs> Will you watch this? If there is one, depends on how it ends. Uh, I'm not holding my breath on it, but again, it, it all depends on how it goes. Uh, now for My Life as a Villainous, All Roads Lead to Doom X. Uh, you see Keith and Bakarina talking. Uh, Keith's ass about this. You really want to marry... Gerardo, and she's like, no, I, I don't want that. Basically, she doesn't want to marry Gerardo. Mm-hmm. So Keith's in her he- so Keith in his head is like, so you're saying there's a chance, mm-hmm. even though I'm like your adopted brother type of thing. Ooh. Yeah, but he, yeah, he, he's adopted. <laughs> and then, uh, what what you call it? Uh, basically, you see him be a little depressed, 
the school break and they're about to hang out. And mm-hmm. when when Bakarina is about to go to Keith's room, Keith doesn't answer. Like, hey, uh, where are you type of thing? And then you see her mother say, hey, you left your fucking footprints, dirty footprints on the floor. So Bakarina tries to run away. Like, oh, no, you can get the fuck back here. I'm going to scold you for hours of why you're so fucking not proper. <laughs> you're uncouth. And then Bakarina is like, okay, now I'm going to try to talk to Yes. Got now it. she tries to go back to Keith's room, and then Keith's still not home. Mm. Uh, you find out uh, Keith's missing the next day. And then uh, you get a note saying that he's leaving type of thing. Like, I want nothing to do with the family type of thing. So the mother came to the one conclusion. It's all Bakarita's fault. Baka. Like, you made him so depressed that he cannot take care of you anymore and left. <laughs> oh, and so... No. So, so Bakarita starts feeling bad, and um, she starts looking for help. Uh, she goes to the Department of Magic. He's like, hey, uh, is there anything you could do to help me find Keefs? Like, oh, yeah, here's this teddy bear. <laughs> this teddy bear will basically... It's like a, it's like a dog. Like, it's set, if you touch it, it smells it, but the scent, it'll follow it. It's like, okay, why is this teddy bear here? And you see it's because of Jeffrey Dio. B- Brother Dio. Of the Stewart family, like, oh yeah, this is mine. I had, I had her made it for me. Like, why? That's none of your business. Mm. That type of thing. But uh, I will let you test it out because if it works, then great. <laughs> uh, so, and then basically, her Hiram tries to find him. Uh, no luck, no avail. And then you find out what actually happened to Keith. He got kidnapped. Like he didn't mm. run away. He was taken. And who was he taken by? His actual sister, who has him tied up in the basement. While the brother-in-law punches the shit out of him. So they are not a fan of Keith. <laughs> they don't like Keith. <laughs> uh, mm. I, I like the show, but at the same time, there's... Where is the fucking... There's really no big plot for the season. It's just entertainment, which isn't bad sometimes, but... It's know. not bad, though, but I want... I figured... You figure there'd be a premise, because... What route, what route is leading to Doom? Like, she completed that main story, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is it about who if she wants to marry Gerardo or just no? I don't know. Uh, again, it's fun, but there's no direction. That's what's kind of thrown up. But it's but like you said, it's still entertaining to watch. So it's a it's a fun episode in that regard. Mm. All right, now to close it off for mine with the case study of Vanitas. Mm. I got a name wrong again. Of course. Is it was Roland, the blonde guy, the happy blonde guy. The paladin that's gonna kill no. He's a sweet boy though. He's still a sweet boy. <laughs> he's well, he's he's like my new fit. But anyway, I, no, he's a, this is how he acts is adorable. How they all act is adorable. Is he as adorable uh, as uh, Yusuke? Uh, fucking uh, Ogaru? Not Ogaru. Fucking uh, from uh, Climax? Yotsia. Is it Yotsia? The trap? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That that's that's a certain. That's a different that's trap. adorable boy. That's that's adorable trap. <laughs> Him and fucking uh the 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 boy from fucking uh ReZero. Oh, Felix. Felix, those are adorable boys. I I, I love Felix. <laughs> those are adorable boys. Yeah. But anyway, it's just uh Roland's about to kill was was about to fight no the video's like, hey, uh you ain't gonna do that because I'm Vanitas. Like, and he stops, like, you're Vanitas, the vampire of the blue moon type of thing. Like the paladins worship Vanitas because the clan of the blue moon kills regular vampires. So Vanitas basically skulls Roland and scratches him in the face. So he's like, I see, you're corrupted by no, by the vampire. So uh, they start to eventually fight. Cool fight. Uh, Vanitas and no eventually get away. 
And then uh, Roland's uh, gang comes and reinforcements. Like, okay, we're gonna go find him, but don't kill Vanitas. Mm. He's our he's our adorable little vampire. <laughs> uh, eventually, uh, Vanitas like, oh, he knows this place because he was uh he was a, basically an experiment here. That's why he knows the, the layout of the land, that type of thing. So so basically, he was here to look for the doctor that experimented him. That's why he was in the building because his doctor got basically exiled. From the Paladin group for doing these experiments on the Paladin, but they don't. But the Paladins don't know he's still there in his hideout. So uh, basically, uh, Venetus and Doe they find one. They find one of the Paladins like the hostage. They they gotta take it as a hostage. Then Noah's like, no, we're not taking her as a hostage. It's like, well, I deny you say no to me. So we're gonna take her as a hostage. And he, t- and he yells at no, saying he has no balls, <laughs> type of thing. Mm-hmm. So No gets aggravated. Like, excuse me. And then Vidius like apologizes, and then Dell grabs Vidius like, "Oh no, we're taking a hostage." And he takes Vidius as the hostage to the Paladins. He takes his own mm. guy as a hostage. Like, hey, I got your boy here. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> don't come near him. I'm gonna hurt him. So he chucks Vidius at Roland <laughs> as a distraction, and No actually gets Roland down. And once he gets him down, he get he like holds it up, say, "Hey, I'm." I'm no, nice to meet you type of thing. Like, he's just being friendly to Roland. Mm. And he's explaining the whole situation of what's going on. And then Roland's like, I like you. Be my friend. Like, please be my friend. And then No gets excited. Like, yes, I'll be your friend. And then he's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> that type of thing. And then Roland's like, you know, why did you guys just say this in the first place that you were looking for this guy? Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah. And so Vidiz leads him to the Hyatt. And you see the doctor is still there. So you, the look he had on his face, like, he's going to kill this doctor. But no, he just has the doctor's name with a happy smile on his face. And that's where the episode ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my favorite episode of Vanitas. Uh, a lot of charm. Uh, definitely a lot of uh, good faces, like funny faces. It's just comical. Action's great. I, I'm loving these characters. Protect them all. <laughs> mm. uh, that will do it for me. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our summer seasonal. Stay tuned. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always your head. All right, we're back. All right, you got it right this time. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> All right. Let's start off with our summer seasonals that we are now watching together. You know, let's just start with girlfriend this time. Because I, I came with the Koshijin Sama. Yes. <laughs> uh, I knew it. <laughs> Let, let's let's start with. Uh, I know. I thought this episode was kind of funny. Uh, kind of. Kind of. Um, I don't know, man. I just. Eh. I've kind of like not checked out, but. It just, it's not going to hit it for me. Like, it's, I don't know. I thought, you know, when I first heard of Girlfriend, Girlfriend, I thought it was going to be super amazing. I was going to fucking die and laugh my ass off or be, like, sexually aroused at something that's going to happen. And I just, nothing. Not really. I mean, I've laughed, but eh, it's all right. It was all right. <laughs> but uh, basically, Rico's trying to persuade Noya to, like, hey, uh, are we going to fuck? Are you going to date me? Well, first she was denying that, uh, that she doesn't have a crush on him. While Saki said, oh yeah, she's just in heat. So he actually That's believes it. Asking, like, hey, so are you actually in heat? Stupid. He's like, ah, he's so gullible. He's fucking stupid. He is stupid. He, he, he's very stupid. They won't date each other. They won't fucking date each other. They'll be the, 
Don't be that fucking clueless. Anyway, uh, Rika gets, keeps getting denied, and she follows all of them to the hide. Actually, she drags Noya to their hideout spot in the in the closet, the sports. What's that place? Yeah, the the sports uh, fucking equipment. Equipment. The equipment. Yeah, the, the equipment area. The equipment shed. It's yeah. a shed. Yeah, and now Sheena's actually catching on. By the way. Mm. Yeah, I saw that at the end. Like he's being Saki Saki's being two timed. <sighs> yep. So we're finally gonna get her involved next episode. But before that, uh, Rico wet Dio. I love that. That was perfect. <laughs> uh, but she wetted, grabbed him, stole the kiss in front of Saki and Naki. So. You thought you were gonna get his first kiss, but it was me, Rika. <laughs> Rika-chan! <laughs> and then you see Saki and Nagisa just speechless. Depressed. <laughs> like, I can't believe you stole the kiss. Like, I, I, I would hope and, I would be the first kiss. And then I always, is so retarded. He's like, would you want a kiss now? Like, what? Like, not that. Like, I, I want a real kiss, not one out of pity. <laughs> I don't want to taste her lips on your lips. What the fuck? Nagisa thought about it, but she's like, eh, not now, actually. Yeah, for real. So... So because of this, they all start talking to each other. It's like, you know what? Let's actually go on an actual date with both of you together. Let's do what we should have done in episode fucking two. Yeah. But now it looks like they're about to go on dates, all three of them. They want to get the relationship back on trap, like square one. And you know where we're going to go? Hot Spring episode. The Onsen! Onsen episode! All right, so I'm pretty sure Rika's going to get involved, going to squeezel her way in, and then we'll probably get more interactions with Shino as this is basically almost over. You're like, oh. Oh, that might actually happen. Uh, or as Saki said, his libido's totally dead. It is basic. The fuck? Like, no, you got two girls living in your house, and you're 15 years old. Like, bro, I would be. And you're, and you're choosing to not have sex with them. <laughs> what are you, fucking gay? Like, God damn, dude. <laughs> that, that is, that, <laughs> he's He's a Christian. <laughs> This is a Christian anime, damn it. Oh, so he's in the closet. Okay. <laughs> no, not that, not that, damn it. I mean, I mean, no sex before marriage. God damn you. This is a Christian show. What do you mean? It's a Christian show. No sex before marriage. <laughs> temptation of Christ. It compels you to not yes. get a book. That's the shit. The will of God is challenging him with the bunny outfit, the maid outfit, Fucking being kissed Saki, by a gamer. Saki. And Saki's mom's like, you must give in. Bro, what's up with that? It's only ah, in Japan. I know. Oh, oh, bro. Did you yet? I mean, the, the mother will be arrested here. Oh, my God, bro. If this was a hentai, you know the mother would have fucked her in front of Saki. Be like, what do you mean? You should have done this sooner. Like, hey, this is how you actually do it. <laughs> first, Rika takes the first kiss. Now you take the first chin chin? What the fuck? Right. Uh, what does Saki get out of all this? Horonaki says. We're going off the rails. Anyway. Alrighty, uh, we'll move on before we get further. And get uh, fucking canceled. <laughs> yes. Moving on. Uh, Realist Hero. Let's go with Realist Hero. This might have been one of the best episodes of the season. I agree, actually. I really like this episode a lot. And yeah. props to Juna for being the the best blue hair waifu. I actually got emotional, like, watching them. Like, it was weird. Like, I didn't expect to get emotional, but, like, it, it, I don't know. Something, it just... It, anytime I see... And we'll talk about this later with Kageki Shoujo. Anytime I see anybody, like, you know, when they put up a front or they're doing their best and somebody tells them, like, you've worked hard, you did your best, and, like, there's a relief that comes with that character, like, that character interaction, and there's a yeah. relief that, that fills the screen if it's done correctly. And I felt that relief as he fell asleep. And I, I don't know. I got emotional. And then when she started singing, I was like, ah, damn. I almost shed a tear. 
Like yeah, it, it was nice. It was nice to see. Like yeah, yeah, everyone's telling him the good, telling him, telling Soma he's doing a good job. But like, yeah. are you actually okay? Yeah, I think he's gonna end up with three legit wives, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably Juno and Alicia, and then uh, Aisha with this BFF. Uh, anyway, after that, we see we finally see uh, Carmine, Excel, and Castor having a meeting. Like, oh, we're gonna turn on the king, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Castor, it's mostly Castor turning on the king. Mm-hmm. XL mm-hmm. XL was on the fence, and you go to Karma and say, "Hey, uh, why aren't you happy with the king? Like he's ruining tradition, basically. Mm-hmm. He's basically the will of the, the way of the warrior, being like being loyal to it. Uh, everything stays the same, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, so then someone was like, "Okay, fine, we're gonna talk to all of them together." Mm-hmm. Uh, he was luckily he was able to win XL over thanks to Juna. Thanks to Juna. We find out later on that Juna's the granddaughter of, of, the, yes. of the fucking of the Navy captain. I mean, uh, I mean, that's the grandmother. She she banging. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, and the grandmother's banging. Well, I mean, that's the fuck. That's still the way of the land. Huh? I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, goddamn, she's like a she's a Gmail. She's a guilt. <laughs> she is definitely. A... Anyway, um, he was she was able to get on board. Like you have my oh, ship and all that. Uncle. Well, basically, it was a hey. Uh, I heard you building this place. So what's gonna happen to my harbor, my town? Yeah. Hey, it. you're still the same. This is more of like it's a still the military city. port. Yeah, she's yeah. even mentioned that, like, oh, no, that'll remain the military port, so you're good to stay there, and then we're going to make this a tourist city slash a trade port. Okay, good. I'm not being replaced. Like, basically, she was relieved that, that she's not being replaced. Basically, yeah. So that's why it's like, okay, great. And then Castro's like, I'm not going to join you, so fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, for real. And then, that, and then Carmine, after that, was like, I agree with him. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And as they're going to go away, fucking, with the crazy part is Leisha's like, uh, to fucking Carmine, Carmine! Nani Hime Sama. And she fucking cuts his hair and says, like, this is my resolution to stay with my man. And she fucking cuts her hair, and he fucking is in shock. The fucking, the, the captain is in shock. And he's like, I see and, accept, and acknowledge your, resol- your, your, your like, resolution. Respect. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, I and we'll see you on the battlefield. And then at the end of that, before they leave, one final thing. They say, basically, if you can capture the other commander... Um, basically the commander becomes a war prisoner and all of that commander's forces now are a force to listen to whoever captures them, which is right. uh, pretty fucking, and they all agree to that shit. So we obviously know it's going to go down, but it was a pretty unique caveat to a war, I'd say. And just, I don't know, like I said, this feel, this whole episode, you see Soma, Soma gets pissed off, he gets fucking like you, like, you see, like, you, you, like you see that other side of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they question like, oh, why did you get the throne? He's like, I'd like to know that myself. And then they ask Leisha. Leisha's like, I can't tell you other than my father's stuff. Uh, the former King Albert is very stubborn and he's, you know, stubborn willed and that's what he wants and that's it. And fucking this is the situation that we're in. But just to see fucking so much be like, you know, stand, be steadfast in his in his resolution um, to fucking to, to, to make this happen it was really, really good. And you know, I'm very curious, and I guess maybe that maybe that'll come into season two or toward the end of season one. Is we have yet to see anything regarding demons. You know, we, I, we I, this girl, honestly, I feel powers like to demons, and there's there's been nothing, no follow up on that. So it's been a little bit of a disappointment. Like there's zero, nothing. They're probably going to show up the next episode, or actually be the last episode where the ne- it'll build to the next season. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if like the fucking war happens and they like debilitate all the forces and then there's like just like a, a somewhat unified force now that all the captains are done and Soma wins and then right when this fucking like war finishes ending is when the demons happen to strike in like a surprise attack when they I fucking- feel like that's what is going to happen. Yeah. But with how this ended, there's definitely gonna be a season. 
I mean, for a lot of these, I think there's there's got to be a season one, unless fucking budget cuts and shit. You know? Or they move on to other projects. But yeah, definitely a great episode. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't do that with remake. You saw the article. I'll talk about. It. Yeah, well, we're we're saving remake for last. Yes, I know. Because for upon your request. Upon my request, because remake is the anime. Yes, well, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, definitely a great episode. Uh, now we're gonna go on to Duke of. Another cute episode. Duke of Death is always... It's a a Christmas episode, so that's always nice. It's a Christmas episode in the middle of fucking summer. But um, I chuckled at that. But no, in all honesty, like, I love Duke of Death because it it is just... It's not... It's somewhat pure, but it's got some etchy, and it's hilariously done. It's not, like, super imprudent. My favorite line is when fucking... Um, so it's a Christmas episode, and Botchan is upset. He's like, it's Christmas Eve, and I'm wearing my same outfit. And um, Alice is like, you look fine, you know. And because it's Christmas, I wore my best underwear. And he, she pulls up her skirt, and fucking... It's like, uh, it's fucking see-through. Botchan is like, oh, God. He's like, wait, why is it see-through? <laughs> so Botchan got to see some Monko and Alice for his Christmas. And then uh, Viola is sneaking out, and uh, well, first the mother was like, "Hey, you're not going out. You're going to be spending Christmas with family, damn it!" And she's like, "Okay." And then she offends her by saying, "When are you going to stop dressing like a fucking child?" And this really like upsets Viola. And Viola's like, "All right, fuck you, bitch. Like, we're going to go out, and I don't need any of you. I just need the driver." And fucking as she does that, Walter, Walter, Walter the little brother, the asshole brother, is like, "Oh, she's going to see that dreaded firstborn. Oh my God, secondborn, me!" No, no, it's like, oh, he's she'll be, he'll be there in about two hours. Like, wait, two. No. Yeah, and then the fucking all the maids are around him, like, oh god, the second complex is coming out, and they poke him with a stick. <laughs> that was funny. But anyway, he basically but, tells the driver, like, oh, I'll take her. Are you sure? Yeah, it's fine, no problem. So he drives her ass to the fucking to the mansion. Viola picks out a scarf. We see a flashback to what he wanted to get, what she wanted to get, Rob, and she gets Rob a, a handkerchief. Sorry, not a scarf, a handkerchief. Yeah. And so when they arrive, she's like, "Yay!" She runs out like a little kid, and she drops the fucking the, the handkerchief. So Walter, Wait, before before that though, uh, you see Z- uh, Cap and Zane go decorate, help decorate the house with Alice and Bochan. Yeah, Cuff and Zane bring a uh, Christmas tree. Coincidentally, yes. as soon as Bochan's, we don't even have a tree. Here's a tree, motherfuckers. Yeah, and a lot of Calf bent over. Like you saw her ass. I'm sorry, what she was doing the stuff. Like you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got oh. it. Like, like that was on purpose. That was definitely on purpose. I'd smash cough. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yes. So then you see Zane has a bit of a sweet side. Like, he actually likes cough and all that. Yeah. And we also find out Cuff believes in Santa still. A witch that, 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 that was cute. That was cute. Yeah. Santa San. Anyway, Walter goes in and yep. sees the Santa suit. Sneak, 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 sneak. Sneak, yes. sneak, sneak. No, no, no. Baby Amelia still has the best sneak, sneak. Yes, it is. That's true. <laughs> anyway. Walter puts on the Santa outfit, and you see Calf right there. Santa. And he's like, Walter's like, what the fuck? And she's like, oh, who are you? Like, no, I'm Santa, because he realized, oh, shit, I can't blow my cover. And so basically he gives, like, oh, here's your present. And, she, and he gives the handkerchief to, to Cuff as uh, the, the fucking, as the present. Yes. Like, oh, yay! She's like a little fucking child again, whatever. And he's trying to get away from her, and she's like, hey, show me the sled. Hey, show me your reindeer. Hey, you're going to go on your pole? Hey, did you bring your sled? Like, all this shit. And she's basically following yeah, she, him. She, she kidnaps him. She takes him outside. And so she's like, hey, do you need help going up the chimney? And she fucking abducts him and drops his ass from the in the middle of this fucking... So basically everybody's in, like, a room. They're all talking, and they're like, Where's Cuff? And all of a sudden you're boom, like this explosion, and you see this black fucking figure because of all the soot come out of the come out of the thing, and they're like, "It is I, Santa." And then they're like, "Santa," and then fucking it's revealed that it's Walter, and it's like, yeah. "Oh, 
like Walter, and then fucking Bochan's like Walter, as in my my younger brother. And mm-hmm. Walter's like, don't you call me younger brother? Blah 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 blah. And he's all offended and shit. And Bochan doesn't give a fuck. Like I was kind of I laughed at the yeah. fact that Bochan really didn't give a fuck. But you, know, you like, know what? But Rob also did his best. You know when he was trying to be Santa still <laughs> while he didn't have the app. Yeah. Like ah, oh, like Rob Rob just. Give him everything. Give him everything. Give him. Give him a raise. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a he's a nice man. <laughs> and I chuckled when um fucking they're like, what should I get Rob? And fucking Bochan's like reading glasses. And she's like, no, I don't want fucking glasses. I want to see him with my own eyes. Even though fucking Rob is basically legally blind. I think it's pretty funny. Or he's just nearsighted. Yeah. Or legally. Well, he has one. He has an iPad. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. But uh, eventually, Walter leaves. He leaves the party while they while everyone's having the party. The phone's like, oh wait, I forgot. I'm the driver. I can't leave. Yeah, basically. So we so we stuck outside. Also, which I found a bit ironic, which I loved, because Walter left on Christmas Eve. They both left her, their mother, who's a bitch, yeah. alone. Good. I feel like that's gonna come back and haunt Viola and fucking Walter come next episode. But oh yeah, no. I it was think good. she'll. I, I think she'll probably go. So Chad, like, hey, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you stay away from your siblings. That type of thing. But uh, definitely another sweet episode. Uh, I think it'll kick. I think it'll kick up a notch next episode. Yeah. Oh, you forgot to mention the end. Basically, um, we get basically get the end of the flashback scene from the previous episode where. All right. Bochan, uh, Bochan basically tells Alice like, "I think I like you, and I'm gonna live, and I want to live with you." Blah blah blah. And so they have this moment when they're walking together in the snow after everybody leaves, and Bochan falls, and he basically confesses the feelings again, and Alice lays down next to him. And he's like, Alice, you're gonna get cold. And he's like, It's okay. I just want to feel what you feel. And they, like, they just share a moment. And just all, I love, like, they're 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 the couple of the fucking year. Cause it's like, bro, oh, yeah. just, uh, the couple of the season. Sorry, couple of the season. Because just the, their moments are so like beautiful and pure and innocent. And they can't touch each other, so they can't kiss. They can't like hold hands. They can't like you know be intimate. And I mean, but just like the building of like this bond between them is just so goddamn beautiful. And it was a really nice touching end to the to the Christmas episode um, that I enjoyed very much. Again, yeah, another, again, it's another sweet episode, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to more. Uh, all right, uh, moving on. Aquatope. Another good episode. Yeah, the, this one, this one was, this one was basic, but I, there was nothing wrong with that. I liked it. For, I liked oh. it for what it was. Yeah, you uh, can't really do back-to-back heavy episodes after the previous no. episode. Basically, uh, Karen, uh, but like, hey, uh, I got you approved for Torin, like using mm-hmm. the aquarium as a tour for a hospital. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, great. so Cuckoo was like, great, uh, this will help save us a little bit. We get to. But no crabs. You can't bring crabs because the fucking the, the head nurse is a bitch and scared of crabs. Yes, not the one between my legs, but the actual physical crabs. She probably fucked the guy with crabs, and that's why she hates crabs. So now that she doesn't have crabs anymore, she hates crabs. Yes. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> or she might have gotten bitten her her omanko with a crab. Uh. Who is the who's that older gentleman? Um. Uri Uri Yan, I think, or Uri Uri. Uri. Yeah. Uriyan. It's like Uriyan. Yes, basically, it was it was his idea because he sent requests to this hospital for a while now. Yeah, because we find out later on, basically, he, he and he goes with them because there's a girl that he befriends that um he didn't have her favorite fish. The girl would always come. She wanted to see this particular fish. She didn't have the fish. Didn't have the fish. She finally got the fish, and she stopped showing up. She stopped showing up. She stopped showing up. And then he finds her in the hospital and with you know there for a while. And they don't explain what illness it is, but she is wheelchair bound. As we come to find out. And that's where the, the crux of this episode is. Is basically using the power of the... In between the... So basically, let me back up real quick. Um, As they're bringing everything, it said no crabs. Guess what snuck? 
into the fucking into the nursing home. A crab, a crab snuck in one of the tanks. Yes, a crab fucking snuck in. So we basically the episode, uh, it goes between hilarity with the crab and the the reality of of children and and their sensitivity toward things. So basically, as Urian goes in and she he meets the girl, he he finds out where she's staying and he goes and he opens the door. The girl's there and the girl's like and she recognizes him and was like no and just immediately becomes defensive and a shell. She doesn't want to go see the fish. She says she hates fish she doesn't want to see him and it makes Urian sad and then throughout the episode in between the funny moments with the crab we see flashbacks of them um in terms of the fish and we find out you know the girl really loves fish but um basically it kind of climaxes when the crab ends up being uh, like on the nurse (laughs) on the nurse that hates the crabs and she fucking freaks the fuck out because she's basically wheeling the girl back to her room and the girl because she's already touched animals and she likes seals and stuff she grabs the crab like nothing and gives it back to urian and everyone's like yay and and that made her love and that made her yeah aquatic life again and then yeah opened up out of her her fish and she sees the fish and it's just it's a very powerful thing where it's not really like mentioned specifically but it's just the power of, of the aquarium with the children and um in between we're not mentioning also that <clears throat> as part of it Karine and Kukuru have a a, a blow argument yeah argument and a blowout um in the middle of the, of the pediatric hospital in regards to the future because Kukuru just wants to save it wants to save it wants to save it wants to save it and now Karine's like, Karin, on the, like it's, she's not being a bitch but she's being a realist and she's like listen every conversation we have is not a good conversation um and there's not a lot of hope left and fucking Kukuru doesn't want to hear this um eventually they make up and they have like a nice heart to heart about how Karine wanted to basically be Kukuru she wanted to work in the aquarium she wanted to be with the fishes because she loves fishes but her family was in the financial dire straits and so she chose to get an actual job to support her family and now she's working as um as the tourist department uh as a tourist department liaison or whatever and she says she likes the job but her dream was to basically do what kukuru is doing and so that's why she does what she does for kukuru because of the fact that she, in essence she's living vicariously through her dream because it was the dream that she shared once and it really opens up her eyes um but in all reality the, the episode and it's not really mentioned it's just the the power of of the aquarium and the fish and and, and the attachment that that um, that aquarium basically has and we find out by the way that not only is uh, gamma gamma closing closing but they're building a brand new aquarium in the center of okinawa which is one of the big things and so basically i believe next episode if i'm not mistaken is we get to see the rival aquarium and we're gonna see some shit with that right but yeah uh, but yeah it was a simple sweet episode uh definitely a lot of i i think kukuru is aware that it's closing but she's just more in denial that cannot accept it my thought process is, why didn't they just give this budget money to fucking Gamma Gamma so they can upgrade? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Unless she was stubbornly saying no, I don't know. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, why didn't you fucking... I, that's what I want to know. I, know. I know it was the stuff that her, her parents did. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't get it, honestly. So hopefully they'll explain it the next episode. Yeah, yeah. But, again, no complaints. Uh, animation's still beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're excited like to see... Yep, we're excited to see what happens next. Uh, I know they did announce a new OPED for the second half. Did they? I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't listen to the songs though. But uh, mm. I think this, I think the same people do the OP are doing it again. But the, honest, to, honest to God, the ED is the best. E, it's the best song of this. Oh yeah, I, it's the, the this, this and the Vanitas one are my favorites. I sure. still haven't heard the Vanitas song, but the Aquatope ED is fucking beautiful. And oh yeah. I think one of the best, um, I'd say one of the best OPs is probably Duke of Death, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I might 
actually agree with you. I like Suka Jets OP. I like their ED too. It's one of the better EDs of the season for sure. Um, the OP for Uramichi Onisan is just funny, but yeah. you know, it's not like, oh my god, stunning. And uh, right. I really hate Kageki Shoujo. I really don't like their fucking OP. Uh, it, it's catchy, but it's not my eh. favorite. Nah, I don't like it. Oh, speaking of Kageki, let's go to it. Good segue. Alrighty. Uh, okay, uh, we finally get an episode about the twins. <laughs> it wasn't as powerful, but it wasn't as bad either. But I, I feel like what it it did what it needed to do. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's backtrack a bit. Uh, we get the school festival, the thing that happens every 10 years. Uh, and you find out, and they found their class is going to be working with the higher ups, like the real higher ups. <laughs> yeah, and they're basically the higher ups that, that Matthew's mentioning are, are basically former top stars uh, from different decades. And like, one of the like, people... like, like, like the elderly, like the senior citizens type of thing. Yeah, 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 basically. You know, and I was, I'm curious, you'll probably get to this um, as we get later on in the episode as you talk about it, but I want to know, like, in terms of the gender bender like acting thing, like are they like do they talk about their sexualities at all? I wonder if that'll get covered because I mean uh, basically are, are, the, are you talking about the trope actors? <laughs> yeah, because you have the, the the top four trope actors and they're all manly. I'll, 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 yeah, yeah, of all the seasons, like spring. They all speak fall. like yeah, they and they speak like women, but they're they just, they dress and they act like men, and it's it's interesting. And I was thinking about that, like as I was watching it, I was like, you know, this is like some gender bender shit. And I'm, you know, I wonder, I like, think, it's all I think it's just more of they, they, they. Like, I think it's more they know those roles are popular where the females play the male actors. Like that's where they get the most recognition. Yeah, so, I mean, with Karu, she's still straight because she still likes that boy that we saw from the last episode. But right. I'm curious to know. I, like, I, be, I, be, I believe they're straight. It just really, it's just. It's the type of role they want because it's a yeah. it's a it's a big role. I mean, in the grand scheme of the show, it doesn't really matter. But just you know, for curiosity's sake, I, I know that that if it's again, I I agree with you, but I feel like it's just more of those are the ones that get the most focus, so they want that yeah, focus, yeah, they yeah. want that spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's just more of that. That that's where the the stars are made, like the female playing the male type character. Yeah. And they're committed like how they look, how they dress, how they act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sarah's so straight. I think I's gonna be gay because she still hates men, even though she wants to be better. But I think she'll be gay. Um, I don't know. It's, like I said, it really doesn't matter. It's just observation. Right. Uh. Anyway. Uh. W- was it Chiaki that this is the one that played Juliet? Uh. I think Chica. Uh, did she have a weird size in the hair? Or was it like regular straight hair? I don't remember, dude. I really can't. Anyway, uh, we'll go with Chiaki. We'll go with Chiaki. No, it was, Chica. it was Chica. It was Chica. It was Chica. Chica was Juliet. Yeah, Chica was Juliet. And Chiaki okay. was the one that was fucking, basically fucking... Anyway, uh, the, the, the older Juliet was talking to Chica. And then Chica talked about how about she loved the performance, that like she wanted to be Juliet. Yeah, basically. So, bas- and by the way, that older Juliet, that one of the the, Julie, the girl that plays Juliet from, I believe, forty years in the past. Um, right. So there, and she's helping the the, the girls with their uh, halftime routine. They're going to be performing the halftime show, and they're they're going to be um, doing like their own little thing along with the uh, with the higher ups. And so, like I said, the higher up that's there is one of the stars that played um um who the fuck the, basically one of the stars that played one of the male characters, and then they have the Juliet character. And yeah. so um, we also find out. Well, no, never mind. Uh, that was something. But it, we digress. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Matthew. Anyway, uh, that you, Chiaki sees this and she starts getting a little jealous, type of thing, because mm-hmm. she couldn't play Juliet. Mm-hmm. And then this uh, this woman went to Chiaki, thinking it was Chica, saying to yeah. talk. Yeah. And then Chiaki just gave her the cold shoulder because uh, she, yeah. 
She hasn't seen them together. Like she doesn't know they're twins. Yeah, she hasn't put two and two together. So, uh, so basically, she calls out Chica in front of everyone. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. type of thing. And then Sarah, uh, Sarasa, uh, went and said, "Hey, uh, there's been a misunderstanding," and he explained it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still, they still got in trouble, but it's not like you're, I'm kicking you out type of thing. <laughs> No, no, no. It was just really disappointing. And then basically Chika and Chiaki have their argue. first their first argument and it's a big blowout. And Sarasa ends up staying with uh with uh Chika and then uh yeah. Chiaki stays with I. And we don't see anything with Chiaki and I so much, but we basically see Sarasa using her like typical like lead girl magic on 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 them and slowly but surely they end up um making up and they make up through um flashbacks we see flashbacks of of how chica got in and chiaki didn't and so basically uh oh no i'm sorry it was the opposite basically chiaki got in but chica didn't and chica's upset she's upset and she's upset she cries for three straight days doesn't eat and everybody's worried about her so chiaki says i'm gonna turn down admission and we're gonna try again next year and we're gonna get in together and they do so they both get in um she chica on the second try and so Basically, the jealousy comes from the fact that, you know, she makes all the decisions. She's always the head. Chica's always lets her decide. She's always one that's behind, blah, 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 blah. And so that's why the blow up happens. But eventually she realizes, like, you know, this is this isn't right and whatever. So she goes over to apologize to the older Juliet. And the Juliet's like, oh, I was like, I was waiting for you. And they have a heart to heart about jealousy and how, you know, it's really a bad thing because of the fact that it's kind of promoted in that genre since it's all women that want to get their own spots and stuff and she you know basically chiaki tells how like her and chica really loved um her um really loved her performance and i really wanted to play juliet too um but, but they also like, but they were also inspired by these uh twin bunnies these twin bunnies yeah that are uh, play like a lesser role but they wanted to be the bunnies as well they saw them when they went to a live uh coca performance that they wanted yeah. to be the bunnies but their first performance that they wanted to be was juliet and so she basically yeah. mentioned how chica got to be juliet and she wanted to be but she chose not to be and it basically bothered her um that happened i believe in episode six or seven six or seven like three episodes ago yeah yeah it was but, right uh, after, uh, yeah, and then this Juliet says, "There's nothing wrong with you guys having your own identities going forward, and I'm, mm-hmm. and it leads you guys wanting to come back to work together in the future." Mm-hmm. So they're they're doing that. Uh, so they make up a uh, nice moment, and then you find out one of the veterans can do the race. Yeah, so basically, there's a race that's supposed to happen, and one of the veterans isn't there, and they ask um, the girl, the uh, that's not the older Juliet, but the other star, well, well, which one of like the perform. And she's like, you know what? Since it's the 100th year, let's have one of the rookies do it. And she basically stares at Sarasa. And now we're going to basically see Sarasa explode on a national scene, I think, come next episode. Oh, yeah, because they were impressed with how she defended the twins. Like, I was like, hey, that's what a leader does, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you look out for your fellow members. <laughs> so she definitely got brownie points with that. All right. Uh, again, I know... I know you're not crazy about it, it, it but it pulls you back in somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's exactly what I was just saying. I was like, you know, like when I first fucking see it, like the first, the beginning of the episode was like, just, eh, it's not hitting. And then by the end of the episode, like I, I, I can appreciate the 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 values that it's teaching because by reality, Kageki Shoujo is it's in the name Shoujo. This is a Shoujo anime. Shoujo anime is for those who and don't know. Pro- and they're probably and it's probably men. not your cup of tea. So. Yeah, for those who don't know, Shoujos are specifically meant and they're they're geared toward teen girls. Um, like I said, I only watched this because Matthew really liked it, and, and there's emotion in the first beginning in the beginning of the episodes. There's not as much emotion right now. We'll see how it goes on as the rest of the season. Yeah. 
um, unfolds. But um, I can appreciate the, the value and the lessons that it's trying to teach these teen girls how jealousy is wrong and starvation and extreme eating habits are bad. And, you know, not all men are bad, but you have to really, you know, speak up when you're, you know, or, you know, it's OK to be like in pain because, you know, you've been abused or whatever. Like there are very important life lessons specifically for teen girls that are out there. And I can appreciate that, which is why I don't mind watching it because I'm, I feel like I get something valuable. And I, a lot of times you, you would think like. Like, why is a 29-year-old straight dude, like, looking at a shoujo anime like this and saying, like, he appreciates these things? And I like to think to myself, like, if I ever have a daughter or if I ever have a friend that has an issue with her daughter or his daughter, that I'd like to be able to throw my two cents in and come from a valid point. And I can always appreciate what I get from shows like Kageki Shoujo because they teach me on how to deal with, you know, an adolescent girl. And it because it's one of the most challenging things I think you could do as a parent or as, you know, a sibling or whatever the case is dealing with adolescent girls. So I can appreciate it, even though it's not like my favorite anime of the season. Right. All right. Move it on. Detective is already dead. I fucking called it. This is a good, another good episode for sure. For sure. For uh, sure. This is a good week. Yeah, this was a very great week for anime as, as we were running down the, the final quarter of the season. Um, so, Kagek, I'm sorry, Kagek, fucking Detective is already dead. Starts out as they're on a boat going to the island. Um, Siesta offers Kimi a head pat. And Kimi's like, no. But, uh, Char- so Charlotte takes it. Yeah, so Charlotte takes it. And Char. Um, and basically, he wants to fuck her. when they get to the island, she calls her mama. She's like, I know. That's a, there's some mommy yeah. issues there. Yeah, it's some type of kick. No, but um, basically, when they get to the island, Shar and Kimi are going their way. Siesta goes another way. And Shar mentions to Kimi, like, listen, you should have taken that because of the fact that she's all you got. And then Kimi says something, I guess, in reply, right? And like, then, like, 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 no, he's like, yeah, he's got, she's got you. He's like, nope. No, yeah, she's, she's all you got and you're all she has. And it's basically fucking um, not fortune telling. But, you know, what I mean, um, foreboding. It's a very foreboding um, comment. So basically they arrive to a hangar. They find nobody there. And then eventually they find um, the progenitor of all these um, these creations from Spes called the father. And he ends up looking like Bat uh, from the previous from the first episode, the first couple episodes. And basically um, they have like a little bit of a, of a conversation back and forth. They try to kill him, but they can't. And then Chameleon shows up. And Chameleon starts to fight them briefly, and Chameleon makes a comment about basically saying that she he fucking killed Siesta. And so fucking Kimi goes nuts, and basically Shar gives him the keys to the to the motorcycle, and is like, oh, I hope one day we'll meet again and I can ride behind you instead of you riding behind me. Because they basically came in with Kimi riding behind Shar, which is kind of funny. Right. But anyway, they're like, all right, whatever. So Kimi goes to see... Um, to see siesta and by the way we find out later on that sharp is he she survives so i don't know whether she incapacitates or kills the progenitor and and chameleon. chameleon we don't know that maybe we'll find out the next episode or whatever but in any case um see uh kimi finds siesta laying on the ground and she's she's dead so he starts doing cpr and as he's about to go in for mouth to mouth uh kimi's like don't do that shit what the fuck Siesta, I'm sorry. Siesta's like, don't do that shit. What the fuck? And she's yeah. like, I thought you were dead. And she's like, oh, well, I was having a problem with Chameleon, and rather than waste my energy on him, I just pretended to die. And yeah, so fuck. Like, you could have checked my pulse, but you didn't have a pulse. I know. Yeah, right? The fuck? So it was a cute moment, and then basically she offers a hug again, and then he's like, you know what? When we're done, why not? You know, let, let me lay my head on your chest one time. And she's like, okay. And so basically the battle between them and hell happens. Um, it's a great battle for what it's worth. And then basically Siesta confronts hell with the reality. Like, listen, your fucking life is 
not what you say it is. It's a sham because of the fact that you just want to be loved. Um, you want to be accepted and appreciated. And Hell basically eventually relents and says that's the case. And then as fucking the final battle is about to happen, basically Siesta has Hell on her, on her toes. And she's about to finish her. And all of a sudden, one of the fucking giant beasts that Spess has, this fucking humongous guard dog demon thing, fucking comes from underground. Like, like fucking yep. like, like a T-Rex from fucking from the Jurassic Park. And basically, it's about to eat Kimmy, and fucking Siesta pushes Kimmy out the way, and fucking hell kills this creature. And yeah, basically, uh, it kill it. Sorry, it incapacitates Siesta, and hell ends up killing the creature. And she notices, and Kimmy notices, basically together that Siesta's uh, unconscious on the ground. And so as uh, Kimmy tries to save Siesta from hell, um, hell uses her mind control power to stop Kimmy in his tracks. And in front of Kimmy, fucking takes out Siesta's heart and replaces the the old heart from the from the girl. Alicia, with, yeah, yeah, with a. Uh, with fucking with uh, Siesta's heart, and she she basically kills Siesta. And as Kimmy's fighting and they're talking, and he's fighting um, her power, he's about to land a punch, and then all of a sudden the spores. I guess when you kill one of these beasts, it like it basically releases these like poisonous spores, and you end up becoming unconscious. And Kimmy goes unconscious, and then when he wakes up, he wakes up in a dream, and he's like, "What the hell happened?" Yep, and it looks like that is the end of the flashbacks, and we are now going to go back to current time Mm -hmm. with Natsunagi. As as it says, because remember, Natsunagi says she had Siesta's heart. Yeah, so it's either... Yeah, it's either what you're saying, Matthew, that Natsunagi is hell, or there's more flashbacks, and they managed to defeat hell. I I feel like this is a Siesta's plan to make hell stop that personality of hers because remember these hearts like change hell's personality true so now it was like siesta took over that body to make her not be like that anymore well i don't think it was siesta's plan to die it just happened that way as a, as, knowing her you never know yeah you never know that's the thing knowing her that seems like something she would do yeah i won't argue that yeah because remember she's fucking crazy she is fucking she's a fucking brat <laughs> sundere or whatever whatever you want to call her Regardless, it was a good episode, and I'm very curious to see how these final four episodes yeah. unfold. Yeah, but yeah, it's like we're finally gonna finally go back to current time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely had what was it like five episodes of flashback? Yeah, it was five through nine. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, another good shit. Uh, we're we are almost done with that too. We have four episodes. Three, ep- three, three. Yeah, this is, this is a twelve episode series. Ah, okay. So we're gonna find out how they're going to end that. Uh, will there be a season two? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I feel like we're going to get a season two for Kageki. We're going to get a season two for Duke if it's done right, um, depending on how it ends. There might be yeah. a season two. Um, Urumichi probably won't. I think it's just a standalone. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Aquatope is a uh, two-core show, so for sure, in essence, we're getting a second Benitas part. Benitas will. <laughs> yeah, Benitas will. Girlfriend, girlfriend, will. If they want to do a second season. I'd imagine they do that. I'm, I'm sure they will. Um, yeah. Um, Realist Hero, definitely. Realist Hero, for sure, will have a second season. Uh, Eternity, as we'll talk about later, will have a second season. My Hero always has another season. Yep. Revengers uh, will have another season. Sunny Boy, I think this will be it. <laughs> yeah. Slime will have another season. Boruto is a continuous uh, episode thing, so it, is, it doesn't really go by seasons. So that'll continue. Scarlet Nexus has a chance to do it. Million Lives may do another season. Um, I think they will. I think they have a se- uh, they, I think they have one final season left in them. Uh, I, th- I, think, I, I think Remake won't. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't think so either. That sucks. I don't know, dude. Speaking of remake, 
Oh, we, we got Urumichi left. Oh, yeah, we do have Urumichi. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, we got new characters, folks. And they're funny. Uh, Hanabe uh, Kikaku, who is the marketer. He, he's basically this fucking 20-something-year-old, pierced to the fucking gills fucking guy, and he acts like Urumichi somewhat, and then he's a psychopath. But worse. He's, <laughs> like a he's, fucking, he's, a, he's a legit psychopath. He, he, he made Urumichi relock himself internally. So basically, yeah, there's a kind of a hint that Urumichi may be gay, because he doesn't have a girl, and he's like, oh, maybe I can relate to him, and he opens up the key to his heart, the doors to his heart. No, and, I, think, and, I, think, I think it's just him being happy. I think it was... Remember, no, because remember, the kids made him happy. Yeah, that was also really good. The last two episodes, specifically, we get very t- heartwarming scenes. Yeah, with I, I think it's just him trying to open up and be happy, but he sees all these psychopathic people. It's like, yeah. eh, actually, I think I'm better off being miserable. Do you think... I thought about this. Do you think this episode, or do you think this show ends with, like, Urumichi committing suicide and they make it funny somehow? <sighs> no. Did you see that? Uh, yes, but I don't see them doing that. If there was ever going to be a show where you can make light of someone's suicide, this is the... Right, but I don't think they'll pull that trigger. I don't think they will either, but I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, again, maybe, but definitely no at the same time. Also, we got the cameraman, Saito. <laughs> yeah, he works in the finance department too, I think, right? Yeah, he handles the website. Oh, yeah, he handles in part like R&D. Yeah, and yeah, Kikaku handles the actual merchandise. Yeah, and that guy is fucking so antisocial, and he's a weeb. He hates women, um, which is hilarious. Um, and he's an asshole, too, but in a funny way. Like I said, I, I love you loved, um, what's it called? You love the marketing guy more. I love the camera guy more. Um, I, I like them both. Too. I, I like, I like them both, both for, sure. for sure. Me, too. Me, too. Don't hate on either of them, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was a really funny episode. Um, and as we mentioned, we didn't review um, Nissan last week because I hadn't watched it. But these last couple episodes are really showing how, you know, the more stressed and the more bullshit that fucking Onisan deals with, or Amichi specifically, the more he's finding light, like unexpected places. And, and especially it, from the kids. Huh? And he gets it especially from the children, you know, when he's like pissed off at work and he's pissed off at his coworkers and he's pissed off at life because his father was an asshole and made him only be a gymnast and shit. Um, there's always some kid that gives him a, a, a piece of like words. I wouldn't say advice, but like a piece of words that just make him appreciate the position that he's like, in. Like, hey, like, like you're our favorite. Like, keep up the good work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really it makes him smile. It puts him in a different position. He's more tolerable. He can tolerate more shit himself. Um, yeah, dude. Like, it, it's really nice in between all the hilarity because it's still fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're basically... Yeah, this is basically another Christmas episode ordeal. Yeah, it's a holiday episode for sure because the last episode was, I think, Christmas. And then this time they're doing... Um, they do Christmas and then they lead into New Year's. And basically yeah, the end of year. as a holiday party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, the hilarity comes from the fact that fucking, like, they're making buku money on fucking Onisan's drawing, the shitty drawing with the fucking. Uh, the, the god. The, basically. Bird, the, the, bird, the bird fucking thing with the bagel, with the baguette, rather. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's supposed to be God. Is that supposed to be God? I think so, yeah. It looks like a bird. And I know, but this, he, is, he is the, uh, welcome to the internet, my child, I'll be your guide. Pankami? Yes. Pankami means bread god. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they go to the Christmas party, and you see Kikaku with uh, fucking vape, while Saito is talking to Capellini. The uh, like, I don't know what they are. <laughs> I don't know. The one with the one with Giles' hair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
I, I like them, but I was like, I think I think they were gonna they were gonna they wanted the fuck Saito. Of course. Like, hey, 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 I'll get you and kill them. All right, it just happens to fucking have the Bill Cosby's special in it. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so give him the ghost super ghost Kamikaze attack. Hey. But yeah, was going on. Bro, that the fucking the dancer, the dancer, the instructor really looks like a JoJo character. I have to say that, don't you? Agree? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, 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 it's definitely a JoJo villain for an episode. It for sure has to be a JoJo character at some point. See, everything's a JoJo reference, folks. Everything is a JoJo reference. By the way, fuck you, Matthew. <laughs> oh, no, Sorry, Marte. I meant to say Marte. My bad. Anyway, where the fuck did I do this time? I love you, man. <laughs> that me too. Huh. Anyway, we see uh, Kikaku vaping and going crazy. And then Urubishi's like, I'm second thought. I'm going to go back to being depressed. And then he goes back inside. And, oh, we're going to have bingo. I don't want to play bingo. Well, you're playing bingo anyway. And then... um. Well, bro, sure. sing, the other singer on Nissan fucking Utano. Utano, bro, she was like, I'm gonna get the make. She won bingo second, and she's gonna get a makeup kit. And then she froze because she heard her fucking husband, her fiance, or her boyfriend, not even because she's yeah. not engaged, talk about, oh, I want this meat. It looks like it's gonna melt in your mouth. And she chooses the meat that he wants. And maybe she's hoping that she gets the meat that she wants. If you get catch what I'm saying, but, but oh, uh, no, she, oh she cares deep down. No, she's really fishing to try and make him like give her engaged. a ring. That's really yeah. what it is. But, I understand. Uh, She's stupid but, thing. And then Kikaku's like, okay, I'm going to present the special prize. And it's this uh, big egg god. Life-sized. <laughs> and Urumichi and uh, Tobikichi get traumatized by this. And, and Urumichi basically was guaranteed to win the next fucking prize. because. And, and, and then Tobikichi's like, hey, you won. He's like, no, I didn't. I guess you did. Don't lie. Here you go. He actually He's like, yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> Oh, so and now, that was on top of him getting fucking a, a box full of the fucking little bagel gods from marketing during Christmas. Right, and uh, he he he, really, he just wanted a shiitake mushroom grower, and then there was an after credit. Was uh, there? I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, he, he he's in a dream where the mushrooms are growing. Right, and he wakes up. You see him like deep stare up, up in the ceiling with the life size baguette god next to him in the bed. <laughs> Wow. He's, like, he's just like, I'm going to buy that. I'm just going to buy the mushroom thing. <laughs> mushroom grower. <laughs> uh, but this, this was funny. Uh, definitely heartwarming to see Urumichi mm-hmm. come out of the shell a little bit. Uh, mm. Fun new characters. Uh, again, doesn't dis- disappoint the comedy. I love it. It's a five. It's it's my five. We're, we're closing today. We're not, we're not even closing because we still have three more fucking shows to talk about. Holy shit. This is going to be a long episode. Yeah. Uh, um, we'll, we'll we'll go we'll go through academia and revengers quick, but uh, what you call it? Uh, let's get to the one that creamed your jeans. You couldn't wait to get it out. Cream my jeans. It made yes. me sad, dude. So before we get on to remake, I want to know: Do you know any of the history? Because I don't. Do you know any of the history of the writer? Because of what happened with, especially specifically with the the winter episode with a rainstorm, um, with depression. Like it just it screams like fucking like the like it screams like a sentai fucking a sentai depressive are you talk, anime are you talking about Sur- suryuki no 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 no. i'm talking about the actual legit writer of a remake like does oh, he have the a actual history? yeah does he have any we i want to know like does he have a history of like doing these type if i'm not mistaken is it this anime where they mention that the that that the the writer is basically known for like japanese dramas like actual dramas like on japanese television i think it might be this one the the writer of the anime? Yeah, the the writer of the show. Uh he writes all of it, like the light novel, the manga. 
I, and I think he's known for like actual legit. I, it might be the show. It might be another show that is airing this season. But basically, there's let a me, right, let me let me look him up. All right, <laughs> while you look him up, let me let me gush about. Yes, go so, go go, Jizz. <laughs> <laughs> as you were waiting, you want you you were holding in that come European edge, and now you have permission to come. <laughs> go ahead, sir. <laughs> oh, it's so much. It's like water. <laughs> Anyway, we like ah! <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that image is scarred. <laughs> Multiple ropes. <laughs> uh, oh shit. Anyway, before we start talking about my fucking edged cum. <laughs> um, all right, let's be serious with Rick. So basically the episode the starts floor off. is yours for this yep, one. The episode starts off with um, everybody in crunch time. It's crunch time. It's crunch time. Everybody needs to fucking. We need to get this game. We need to get this game. We need to get this game. But they're so behind because of different things that happen and things that they can't accomplish. So um, Kyoya makes the decision to let's do like you know business cuts and we're gonna you know do a little couple shortcuts. But it's for the sake of the game because of the fact that we have to get it in on time. And so he convinces each of the characters to basically cut some of the things that they were good at. So he uh, changes a song for Nanako instead of having all original song she has to do like a, a, a redone a remake of a song and she's not as like gung-ho for it but at the same time she knows it'll be easier so she's okay with it she goes to she he goes to shinoaki and tells her like you need to only focus on the faces just focus on the faces focus on the faces and she comes up with a brilliant idea later on in the episode that normally would fly and would be fantastic but because of the, the the cuts and the fucking time frames he just tells her like listen just focus on the faces do me a favor focus on the faces and she gets a little like sad but she's okay because she supports kyoya she really likes Kyoya. And then finally, uh, we get to uh, Suryuki, and he basically has, like, you know, cuts, like, uh, with the script. And he's like, you want me to write this? And she, yeah. And he goes, it's true. This will be easier. But this isn't me. This isn't coming from me. And he's like, I know it's not coming from you. But, you know, in real life, normally the directors are the ones who handle the script anyway. So you've already done majority of the work anyway. And I trust you. But I just need we need to finish this. And this is all for your sake anyway. So can we just do this? And he goes, you know what? You're right. That's fine. We'll do it. So they do it. They get the game out. Out. they release it at the convention and it's a huge success they make a lot of money things are going great fantastic all is well um and then basically they all pass out because they were up for fucking like a whole fucking day like and they all passed out that night they celebrate they have a good ass time lots of drinking and not drinking like alcohol but like just drinking partying laughing it's all a good time and so uh shinoaki and kyoya go to the store to pick up more drinks and food and as they're walking, um, Kyoya asks Shino what her what her dreams are, and she he gets cut off. And in a very foreboding way, Shinoaki asks, "Is this the way it ought to be?" Kyoya, not putting two and two together, realizing, "Yeah, you know, this is we did it for Suryuki. We did great. I appreciate everybody. Everybody did well. Blah blah blah. Like, you know, typical cookie cutter answer." And she's like, "Okay, no problem," because she you knows she likes Kyoya. So the night goes on. Everything's good. The next day, um, or a couple days later, it doesn't really mention. Um, Kyoya divides the the winnings for everybody, right? Or not the winnings, but the profits. He divides the profits among everybody. Each of them gets their profits. And Suryuki gets his profit and says, like, oh, now you can go in school. You don't have to worry about your tuition. And he goes, yeah, can we take a walk? And they're like, yeah. And so Suryuki goes on about how he used to take this walk when he had brain freeze and, you know, he couldn't writer's block. And um, he says, like, Kyoya's like, oh, are we going to, like, you know, sit down at this, like, park so you can hash out your writer's block? And he goes, no, this is good enough. And he mentions, listen, you are a immovable object in my life. Um, 
you're something I will never overcome. And when I wanted to do something on my own, I fell on my face. And you're always there whenever there's any sort of dire situation. You're always there to pick us up and get us through it. And when I wanted to do something on my own, I fell on my face and you were there again to pick me up. And I appreciate you, but I realize I'm never going to beat you. I'm never going to amount to anything that you are. I aspire to be you. And so I'm quitting school. And this shocks fucking, this shocks Kyoya. And Kyoya is trying to, he's trying to save face. He's going to be like, no, I trusted you. You know, same things that he mentioned. Like, yo, you're great. You trusted you, whatever. But And now because of like he ruined this guy's career. We'll get to that, yeah. So basically, he's like, no, you just don't understand, like, you, you you just don't understand. And basically at the end, as you know, this relationship between them like is falling apart, he mentions the pen name he wanted to use and fucking uh, Kyoya puts two and two together with the pen name. I don't have it in front of me, but he puts the pen name together and it's the final person of the golden generation that he hadn't put together yet. Suryuki was the final member of the golden generation. And because of everything that happened, he ruined the third member's career, basically, as Matthew just said. He just ruined his career. And Suryuki says, you know, sayonara, Kyoya-san. And he walks away, and it was a it was a beautiful day, and then you start and you see the clouds, and it, like it's like any other sad moments in an anime where it starts out beautiful, and then the clouds come in, and it, a storm happens in the middle of winter, and Kyoya just loses his shit. He's like, ah! he screams out in agony as this severe thunderstorm is just raging yep. like a monsoon down, and as this is happening, we see um. Oh, I forgot her fucking name now. Um, the pink hair girl? Yeah, the pink hair girl, the senpai. And he comes over, she comes over and she's like, oh, what's wrong, Kyoya? And Kyoya tries to explain, but she knows already. And she smiles and says something to him. And Kyoya opens his eyes and then the screen goes black. And the screen goes, I wonder what would have changed if things were different. And it's as if this senpai is basically mm-hmm. the reason why he's in this time skip. The screen goes black. He wakes up in a bed. There's drawings in the back. And it's like very mid-afternoon, basically. And a girl pops in. And it looks like mini Shinoaki. And basically calls Kyoya Papa. And Kyoya's lost as fuck. He's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, oh, let me call the people. And he looks at his phone. And it's a smartphone. And he's in the year 2018. And so for those not keeping track, um, the the season, the, the, the show starts off in the year 2016. And he goes back to 2006, and now he's in 2018. So he's now two years in the future from where he was. And he basically meets this girl. He finds out this girl is his daughter. And she brings Mama in, and Mama is Shinoaki. And Kyoya is lost as fuck. And Shinoaki is like, Kyoya, what's wrong? And that's where the episode ends. And it's a fucking, it's not a what the fuck moment. It's not a shocking, like, holy shit moment. But it's like, a, it's definitely a what the fuck moment. It's like a... It's it's just such a wild revelation. Like that's such a wild ride. It, it, it's such a fucking gut wrenching end. It's probably the most gut wrenching end that has happened thus far by by far in the show. Um, and so I'm. It, it makes episode nine an absolute must watch. But the storytelling, as I've said plenty of times with this show, is just absolutely stupendous. Um, the way this is done, and again, it it makes me feel so. Like, I, I love this show so much because I think all the time about if my life was different, like, I would have fucking, I would have not studied 
any IT stuff. I would have been a journalist. I would have never met some of the girls that I messed around with. I would have never worked in the places I worked in. So I would have never developed my bonds. And it's something that I often say I would do in a moment's breath. I have no ties to anybody that would require me to say, no, I'm good. I want to live my life now. None. Even though I have a pretty decent life for what it's worth, I would love to go back to my freshman year in high school and just live that out. My life would be completely different. And, you know, people say, how do you know it'll be for the better? I guarantee if I had like, you know, knowledge of what I ended up being today, going backwards in time, like Kyoya has, my life would be completely different. But on the other hand, on you know, when you look at the other the other side of the of the coin, this is what happens. You know, like your life and other people's lives when you go to change your life is You're changing everyone else's. It's yeah, it's a fucking pendulum that fucking creates a domino effect in the universe, and it's fucking insanely wicked to to think about and process and 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 kind of digest when you know someone like me has those thoughts versus seeing a show like this that presents that reality in uh, in a fictional format but the way it's just done it, it really fucking really means something this show means something to me and out of all the shows that are there that we have that are going on this season this show means the absolute most by a long way and uh, again it's just fucking stupendous and i cannot wait till saturday and i'm not going to be able to watch it until like that night maybe depending because i'm going to be busy next saturday right but holy fuck dude like that was deep that was so goddamn deep all right but yes uh as you masturbated in front of everyone in spotify yes, uh, I, I, Eddie, I emotionally masturbated anyway uh, i thought this episode was great um but unfortunately japan does not like this show mm-hmm. mostly because of kyoya kyoya yeah they don't like kyoya and they think they basically think he's a pussy you know why? Because they're all miserable motherfuckers. They're miserable motherfuckers that wish they can go back in time and change their lives because they're all stuck in, <laughs> in dead-end jobs with shitty relationships and shitty friends and living in some shitty apartment building in a fucking shitty part of the fucking city. <laughs> That's why these motherfuckers are mad at this goddamn show. If you're mad at this show, you could fucking fall off a cliff, all right, motherfucker? Just <laughs> splat. No, 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 no Revive, no, motherfucker. No. Trucko needs to run your ass over, and there's no fucking Tensei. Uh, I'll, no... I'll, okay, will you stop? <laughs> right up. Easy. Oh, easy Liberace. Real, real quick, was a quick sidebar. Speaking of Truckoon, did you hear in um, a fucking one of my friends told me this in fucking uh, Pro Wrestling Noah that fucking, <laughs> fucking Great Muda ran over Kido Mia with Truckoon. And they're the tag champs. I have my friend trying to work on getting me a clip for it. I'll send it to you if I get it. But right, my, friend, do. my friend doesn't watch anime. So he was like, he ran him over with a fucking minivan. And I was like, oh, that's Chuck-kun. And I was like, you don't watch anime. So you don't understand what that is. Normally, when you get run over by Chuck-kun, you're going to fake basically fucking reincarnate in a different world with crazy powers. So great mood is great muda. He's like, so you're telling me like, he's like, oh, so you're telling me that Kido Mia is going to have fucking powers at great muda? I was like, maybe. I was like, if they go off of the anime trope of Truck Coon, probably. So. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I heard that shit, bro. So, like I said, I'm waiting for the clip. If I can get one, I'll send it to you. Right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we digress. Like I said, I hope Truck Coon gets you motherfuckers that don't like fucking. Re- Alrighty. Uh, yeah, again, this was a great episode. Um, now we're getting to the meat of the matter. We're getting to the. Where everything turns around. All right, we're back. Alrighty, Alrighty, uh, the summer is over for now as we go 
back to spring with our continuations. Uh, we're going to start with uh, My Villain Academia once more. <laughs> Man, this is one of the better episodes again. You know, again, at the end of the day, fucking people are really fucking like... They want to shit on the beginning of the event, and I, I'm not going to disagree with the fact that the the school, like the school arc, was like it was okay. It wasn't phenomenal, but it wasn't as shitty as what made people seem. But I mean, yeah, this the storytelling, as I mentioned throughout, my hero is absolutely fabulous. One of the top stories that's being told in terms of character development throughout the entire season across all the animes. But of course, we're in now the My Villain Academia arc, and goddamn, does this fucking pick up big time in this uh, episode? Also, goddamn Toga. Yes, we get the backstory of Toga. We find out that Toga is a freak since fucking she was a little girl and she loves blood. Obviously, her fucking her quirk is that she she sucks blood. She can basically take the appearance of whatever it is. And the people she, she loves. Yeah, the people she loves. And so the first thing she kills is a bird. And she and her parents are mortified by her and they try to basically make her be normal. Please be normal. Please be normal. Please be normal. And so throughout her like school life. Toga puts on a mask, a facade, and tries to be normal, tries to be normal, tries to be normal, tries to be normal. And eventually, when she graduates, the day of her middle school graduation, which she's 14 or 15, basically, um, she fucking loses her shit and fucking cuts up one of her classmates and fucking starts drinking his blood in his body through a straw. And it, she goes missing after that, basically. And she's been on the run now for three years. She's now part of the League of Villains. And um, we basically see a battle between her and this reporter girl woman that basically can make bombs out of anything she touches. So Toga's all fucked up. Like, fucking, the, she drinks somebody's blood, it blows up. Yeah, she, but yeah, her name is Curious. Curious, yeah. So Curious fucking blows up blood, blows up the street, blows up a cafe, blows up, blows, 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 just fucking... Just, constant fucking explosion. She's blowing! She's blowing the cock! Yeah, bro. And she fucking Toga's eternally bleeding. She's a fucking disaster. And with her very like last little bit of like fucking blood that she has um, stored up from uh, whatever, you know, things she did, she fucking becomes Ochako. And, um, you know, she's like, if I'm gonna die, I wanna be, I wanna die being the one that fucking Deku loves the most. Um, and that's a fitting way to die because I love Deku. So I'm, you know, being the per, I'm gonna, you know, yeah. kind of in a way, like be that way. And in that moment when she prepared to fucking die, she levels up. And now not only does she take the appearance of the person of the blood that she fucking that she consumes, powers. she can fucking wreck their powers. And so she basically replicates Ochako's fucking uh, lightless ability and fucking she basically takes all these fucking people that are attacking her like these fucking villains. And by the way, we're skipping a lot because well, we'll get to it. We'll fill it in momentarily. But basically um, the town full of fucking characters takes them all up with the lightless ability and then uses remembers how Ochako did her power, does the fucking power and they go from weightless to fucking look, gravity and they all fall and fucking a big pool of fucking blood shoots out everywhere because they all get fucking crushed because of the fact that they fell 100 feet from the sky onto fucking asphalt and they're all fucking dead phenomenal and then basically eventually she passes out um in a shed and she's all bleeding internally she's bleeding all over the place and at the end of the episode basically is um twice twice finds her 
And we find out that the Liberation Army is after twice because of the fact that since twice can become somebody else um, or can make a replication of somebody else, they want to basically remake D-Destro. And we also, by the way, at the beginning of the episode, we find out about D-Destro and his history. We find out his father is the creator of the Liberation Army, and the Liberation Army has basically roots from the beginning of the Quirk pandemic where people and Quirk started coming out and they wanted to like basically live normal lives with these Quirk and not be superheroes or any of that shit um if i'm not mistaken so this war happens with fucking you know the hero agency and the liberation army eventually destro is taken in, in into capture and he's thrown in jail um he writes a manifesto it, it's kind of you know in a way it, it seems a little bit kind of like hit like the nazis and hitler where you know you have this quote unquote hero anti-hero that gets thrown in jail writes a manifesto except destro kills himself afterwards destro however doesn't realize that he had a son never knew he had a son and d destro basically follows in the same footsteps as his father in terms of trying to revitalize the liberation army he's got pro heroes like the league of villains basically is um brought to the fucking to the city which is full of basically liberation army people so basically it's a city of 110,000 fucking liberation army people against the league of villains and the league of villains is getting all fucked up they're fighting they're killing these motherfuckers fucking and at the same time that fucking um that uh toga powers up uh shiraki also powers up and basically spreads his fucking his um what's it called the 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 rotting quirk that he has he spreads it to a fucking group of people chasing it didn't even touch most of them and it spreads from one to everyone and basically he's like i feel so sick and he does this fucking eliminates like 20 people then fucking just throws up everywhere on the fucking on the street but at the same time he's feeling sleepy he's tired because he hasn't slept in like two weeks or some shit which is insanity and so the fatigue from being sleepy and his powers and shit and he throws up and but he's still fighting and basically dobby is like listen if he's fucking still fighting after he's been without sleep like yo we need to step the fuck up and they all basically are stepping the fuck up as this episode ends, um, the episode basically ends with um, them about to take twice. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But this was a phenomenal episode of My Hero. For sure. Can't fucking take anything away from it. Oh, yeah. Again, this arc is great. So I have no complaints with wow, that's going to go. Mm-hmm. We're almost done with it. Yes, we have four more episodes to go, I believe. Mm, two, three, I think. Is it a 24 series? 25. Let's see. All right, then. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So yeah, four more. Four more to go. Alrighty. Uh let's get to Tokyo Revengers. Takamichi needs to really stop crying, dude. No. Like I'm I'm well, so well, well, the, well the OP is called Crybaby. God. I'm just you know Takamichi also he again he showed some balls. He's not a crybaby to the extent that he's like useless. I'm just so like sick of seeing Takamichi cry. You know what I mean? But I mean, I don't know. So basically the episode uh, for Revenger starts off with um with uh what's his face um uh fuck I was gonna say Baki what the fuck is Baji. his name Baji there we go Baji Baji collapses from the blood loss and fucking Mikey loses his shit starts beating again the dog the fucking dog piss out of fucking Kazutora and Kazutora basically as he's dying he basically has a flashback to what it actually no wait I'm I'm kind of going backwards um, let me I'm skipping let me go back to Baji um fucking what's his face uh chief Uyu runs after baji like baji's yeah. and every, it's an emotional moment where he's crying baji's dying and takamichi's bawling his eyes out because he's a crybaby and baji calls takamichi over and he with his last words tells him kisaki's the enemy 
don't let him be the third commander. He's the third commander because he promised to get Pachin out, but Pachin will always be the third commander. And remember that the six of us, no matter what happens, the six of us is what started this. And I'm also skipping the fact that um, as fucking uh, as uh, Mikey's beating the dog shit out of Kazator because he's going to kill him, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. Baji stands up and Baji's like, fucking like, nope, that this isn't going to kill me, but this is. And he stabs himself. He commits seppuku. Right. Basically, to save Kazatora and Mikey so they don't go down that path. So he sacrificed his own life in a way to prevent what happens in the future yeah. without knowing that happens in the future, which is a pretty stunning development. Again, when it comes to storytelling, as much as we I hate fucking Takamichi crying, the storytelling in this, again, phenomenal, fantastic. That was great storytelling. And so with his last words, he mentions basically, yeah, he's the enemy. And fucking, um, what's it called? He's the third commander because he wanted to get Pachin out. But Pachin's always going to be the third commander. And the six of us started this shit. And this is what it's going to be. I leave Toman and Mikey in your hands. Passes away. Emotional mm-hmm. moment. Mikey doesn't give a fuck. Mikey's just fucking beating the dog shit out of Kazutora, Kazutora, Kazutora. Oh, Kazutora. No, you forget it. Hama's like, hey, yeah, you're going to fight Kazutora. You got to fight me. And then Mikey just one yeah. kicks him. He's dead. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, the fight is over. He's like, what do you mean? Who gets the, you don't get to decide that shit. And then fucking KO fucking neck kicks him in the fucking, and that, that was it. The fight's over. Like, remember, you had a hard time with him in the first fight. Yeah. And now it's just, nope. Fuck this. Nope. Hadouken kicked him in the throat. And this made Valhalla retreat. They ran like pussies. And they left Kazator there. Kazator's getting his ass kicked, getting his ass kicked, getting his ass kicked. And then basically, as he's doing that, Kazator has a flashback and he realizes like everything going on um, and, and everything that's happened. And fucking, he's accepting of his death. He's like, Baji, I'm going to yeah. join you soon, wherever you end up. And then fucking yeah. Mike. I'm not Mikey, fucking Takamichi loses his shit and he's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And fucking he gets decked a couple times by fucking Mikey and he doesn't give a fuck. He still tells him like, this isn't what Baji wants. And fucking Mikey's like, who the fuck are you to say what Baji wants? And he's and like, that's where it ends. <laughs> No, he's like, no, but basically, he's like, hey, Takamichi goes, no, who the fuck, basically, without saying it, he's like, who the fuck are you to say that? Baji sacrificed himself so you wouldn't have to kill Kazator because he loves Kazator and he loves you and he loves Toman. And even though he left, he did it for your sake because he wanted to save everybody. And Baji is the fucking hero and you're disgracing him. And fucking, it opens up everyone's eyes, including Mikey. And like Matt says, that's where the fucking, that's where it ends. Um, so from we're, there. Probably, we're probably going to see Takemichi return back to the future and see what happens. Well, well, first, I think Mikey's going to beat the shit out, try to beat the shit out of him, but my, Takemichi's going to be like somehow resisting, like not going, getting knocked out. The question is really going to be what happens with Kasaki. Now, Baji's dead, so we don't get Baji back. And Pachin, he's not going to get Pachin out. We now know the truth, and Chifuyu and, and, and Takemichi know. And at the end of the day, Mikey said, make yourself more reliable or more more of a necessity to me than, than fucking, than, um, than Kisaki. And so yeah. the question is really, before he returns back to the future, what's going to happen with Kisaki as the third commander? Because despite everything that happened, he still came over to Mikey's aid, which still looks great in front of everybody. He rallied the troops. Yeah, that, that's so, the problem. So. Yeah, so it's, it's, again, a great question. We only have four more episodes of this show, too. I don't know, so we'll see how that ends. Uh, oh yeah, I love Baji. He he went out like a fucking badass. He went out like a gangster, bro. R.I.P. to Baji, son. And I love I love that little moment with uh, Chief, who's like, I I can really go for that food right now. I was like, I'll go buy it for you real quick. Let's split it. Yeah. Smiles, dies. And then like, oh, uh, I was like, oh. <laughs> that and that was only the second best death of the fucking. Week. Uh oh uh, yeah, we'll get to that one. But uh, again, 
Uh, I I love Baji. I love what he did. Like it it worked out the way intended because technically Toman didn't lose because Bahala retreated. I really want a Bahala jacket, but right, that looks like a gangster ass jacket. Oh yeah, but now we're gonna see Mikey still go rampage, kick the shit out of Takemichi. See how that goes. We'll see. All right, uh, all right. It's time for the main event. We have our first conclusion of the season, ladies and gentlemen. Two-year eternity has concluded. And before we go on to what happened in the news of Nali, we do want to mention, if you stick through the after credits, there was our final piece of news for this episode as we're now over the two-hour recording period. Actually, no, we're close to it. We're at the hour and 58 yeah. minutes. I say that those words. But... Um, it was announced at the end of the of the of the credits of the season finale of of Two Year Eternity that season two is official and will come out in fall of 2022. So we have exactly one year until the next yep. season of Two Year Eternity. Um, and man, they left us a lot to chew on this. Episode. Alrighty, uh, I'll get to well, this. One. I'll let you. I'll let you jizz over over over. That. Alrighty, I'll get. I'll. I have. I have a turn in the cookie game. Enjoy. Enjoy Alrighty. your pets. I will. I will. I'll have you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, it starts with P- you see Piorad eating like four to five peas in a plate in this diner. And then you see Fushi looking on for the outside of this restaurant. It's like, does she have no money? Like, he starts getting concerned over Piorad. And he's like, he's about to leave. He's about to go leave on the ship. They're like, I leave tomorrow, but I can't take her with me. And uh, but at the same time, he feels so bad for PRN with uh, again not really eating or anything. She she didn't she didn't even bother going home to her husband. Mm-hmm. Just I'm waiting for Fushi. So uh, PRN goes to her little alleyway to sleep, and then Fushi leaves her with food like the fruits, and then tries to give her a note. Uh, but she's gone. It's like oh, God damn it, where do where do I find her? But while while that's going on, she he's talking to. Kata Susha, the or the creator, and he's like, I don't know what to do. He's like, Well, what do you want? Like, are you like you're lonely type of thing? Because again, he he got three new forms. I don't think he got his old forms back, did he not? I don't think he got Parana back. Yeah, he got them all. He defeated. He defeated them. He got okay. them all back. Okay, okay. Because yeah, I didn't, yeah. he didn't, I didn't use see... them. He didn't use them, but he okay. went through. He went through all the forms that he did receive, unfortunately. Okay. Uroi, Upa, and you know. yeah, but yeah, he went to the three that he recently got, and then uh, while this is going on, Fushi spies on Piora and like thinking like my help or anything. Yeah, you see her get kidnapped, and she beats the shit out of the kidnapper with her cane. Go, Granny, go! <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Fushi takes one of the newer forms, so she wouldn't, so he wouldn't be recognized. But Piora's like, I recognize you. Like, wait. <laughs> Uh, Fushi, and then you see Fushi cry in, in her arms type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. well, hug at her. So, during this time, like, the past month or so, Fushi is spending his time with PR and, like, learning how to write more and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's adapting his abilities. He's just spending time with her. Mm-hmm. Until, unfortunately, she just comes down with, like, she's ill and then, like, small bit of dementia. Mm-hmm. So just because of this, she becomes a bit of a nuisance to Fushi, but Fushi doesn't know what's going on or why it's happening. So he just smiles mm-hmm. to just let her basically let her be while he takes care of her. Mm-hmm. And then um, PR, for one for that one moment, PRN gets her sense of reality back and she tells Fushi that she was glad to have met him. 
Mm-hmm. And then she has Fushu go out. It's like, hey, it's going to rain soon, so make sure the fish is okay and all that. So Fushu goes out, and then he's on that deathbed. Say, hey, I know you're there. Um, like this, this, I'm ready to like take me, but please make me so that I can watch over him and be useful to him. Mm-hmm. And then the creator's like, I could do this, but like your soul and all that, that won't match your flesh. Like, it won't be the same. Mm-hmm. Like, Are you okay with that? Like, yep. Like, I, I want to be there for Fushi. And then the creator's like, very well. And she, she picks this body of that girl you see in the OP. That one that one last one that was, that was walking on the beach. Like, you finally see that. You finally see her. And now... Wow, I didn't put that together. Because I, yeah. I always skip the OP. So like, most of them. Most time I do. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. You, like, you saw the one, that girl walking on the beach. That's her. Young Fioran, yeah. Yeah, so that's the form she took to help out Fushi, and then so you see what, that. Uh, so I, I don't know. Riddle me that, like, so she wants to help Fushi, but what? How? Because she becomes the she becomes uh, another another uh, what's it called thing? She becomes another um, un, uh, immortal, I think. Right? They that's funny. They didn't fully explain. I guess we'll find out in season two. But if I'm not mistaken, yeah. she, turns, she turns into the fucking life egg. And she becomes another immortal. Yeah, I, I I think that's the case. So, which is weird. Can you imagine yeah. if you, like get together and they have like immortal like babies and shit and sex? I don't think I don't think it's gonna be that. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, anyway, uh, you see this, and then she she dies, and then you see Fushi dropping everything. Same thing with the rainstorm and all that shit. Yep, and then yep. you actually you hear him break down. Jeez, yeah, that's right. like that was someone like he was really close to out of everyone, like a little more than Gugu. That was the final piece of fucking. Yeah, that was the final piece of his his life for what it's worth. And it, yeah, it really. Yeah, and it's gone. Really, it truly is sad, and I I cried. Like I said, I definitely cried at that end. It was it was very raw. That was probably the rawest scene in the fucking show. Like that. Yeah. That lead up to that, seeing her deteriorate, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, that's that's so goddamn powerful. And it, it made yeah. me fucking cry. I for sure fucking, yeah. it was... No, no, it was definitely upsetting. Um, anyway, uh, what happened next? That he basically burned her body so the knockers can't really get it type of thing. And then um, he sees a note left by PRN in his letters that he writes. That made me cry too. And he's like, hey, like, go live your dream, like, go live how you want and he took that to heart and he said thank you mm-hmm. and then you see him with the donkey and then it's like there and you see them traveling together and now decades later he's still on that island mm-hmm. for decades because there's like no one around mm-hmm. and you see a naka core like already busted mm-hmm. and you see older fushi mm-hmm. and and then credits mm-hmm. but this i i really love this series this definitely picked up Mm-hmm. Uh, how we needed to, uh, but yeah. Again, uh, this is definitely a four out of five. I think it's definitely going to be on my uh, top list for the year. Uh, great characters, nice arcs. How they ended was with Piran's death at the very end. That that's the last episode. That was where I feel like that was like the perfect way to end it. It was, and we we basically foreshadowed it as we saw. Like I, I saw a brief clip of the, the preview of it where you see a deteriorated Pioran and yeah. stuff like that. Like it was basically foreshadowed that that's how she she would die. But the way she did and the way she went out and everything, it was that and was what she and what she wanted. So after. well done. It was so well done, and I can't wait to write my review on the show. I mean, 
Fuck, dude. Like, there were so many up and down moments of this show. It was hard for me to really, like, I don't love it the way you love it, but I don't hate it by any means. Um, there were just so many up and downs. The beginning was meh, and then it got okay, and then it got really good, and then it kind of slowed down, and then it picked up again, and it got good, and then it got even better, and then it kind of hit a lull, and then it finished off with a fucking, with a sad bang. In a good way, a sad bang. Uh, yeah, dude. Like, it, it, it earned its four out of five for me. Um, yeah, dude. I liked it. I'm Again, looking forward yeah. to season two. Yep. Uh, next October. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, closing thoughts for everything we saw. This was one of the best weeks of the weeks. season. It was definitely one of the best weeks of the season. And I, I loved it very much. I'm looking forward as the season, yeah. uh, as this week goes on. Um, we get slime tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to how Aquatope goes into its new arc with the uh, with the aquarium. I'm looking forward to Scarlet Nexus to see how that develops. Um, and, of course, we look forward to, to Revengers and Hero and um, Remake. Of course, you know, remake is my going to be my yeah. most anticipated. Uh, um, I mine mine is still not. I don't have a lock yet. Uh, my number one. I mean, it's really, it, really going to come down to how it ends, how any mm-hmm. of the shows end. Yeah, I mean, that, I just you know I appreciate Uramichi's comedy, you know, and that's why I gave it a five. I just can't put it over remake storytelling. Remake storytelling is next level. Like the only thing that the only shows that ma- that rival the storytelling for a remake, in my opinion, are Revengers and fucking My Hero. This I can't think of any other because I'm not watching some of the ones you are, but I can't think of any of the fucking storytelling that's there. Slime's got good storytelling, I guess. I guess Slime yeah. would be it would be four for me, but Sukimichi's okay. Scarlet Nexus okay. Aquatope so far, I can't put it there because we're only going to get through half of the season, so I can't put it there as much as I enjoy Aquatope. Million Lives is okay. Girlfriend, Girlfriend, meh. My Hero's great. Remake, great. Kageki Shoujo, is, it, it's up and down. It's too up and down for me to put it yeah. there. Um, Realist Hero, too slow for me to put it there. Revengers is great. But since Revengers and Academia are still technically spring, I can't count them. <laughs> well, it's going to end, though. I, I know, but again, if if it was continuing, then it doesn't really. I don't really count it. If it got split up like after like a season off, then yeah. But I don't know. I see what you're saying. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I do. Yeah. I feel because we're getting the ending of that season in particular, you can count it. That's yeah, like, 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 like there is no break. It, it's just continue off. That's why yeah. I'm not counting Eternity, Hero, and Tokyo for summer because they're still technically spring. They're great though. I well, you know, for me when I do my reviews, I if there's carryovers, I I'll carry them over. Like I did that last last season with freaking um the fuck oh my cat sorry I heard a noise that scared me because I'm alone. Anyway, um I did that last season with fucking um Moriarty and I did that with uh with a couple other shows from last season. Well, I uh, well, it's okay. The Moriarty counted because they again they took winter off so it went to spring so like that counted. I just I don't see I don't see that big of a difference between that. I see what you're saying. I just don't see the difference from that standpoint. Yeah, like again, like there was like there was a big gap. I count it as a separate thing, but if it's yeah. just, again, if it's just nonstop, then no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only one I'm not going to do a review on is Aquatope because that it's only in the first half. Yeah. Um, everything else, I'll do. Like a, like hell, Aquatope wouldn't I wouldn't count Aquatope for fall because it's still technically a summer anime, just longer episodes. <laughs> I guess, but I, I don't know. I I, I don't disagree with your premise i just don't follow it no, or let me or i could say I, I could say i follow it and i but whatever yeah. either way i mean yeah. if you're gonna do just purely based off of shows that came out and will finish this fall then yeah. 
got no fucking it's got no competition truly Dude, it depends on how duke of death ends if they have, have a season two we'll see or amici is just it's funny shorts to me like each yeah. thing it's like a funny little story there's no concise storytelling there's there's concise themes you can get but the theme isn't necessarily mean a story detective is already dead is gonna that'll probably be a contender depending on how they end it um if we get a second season and how they end that season um yeah, I mean, that's but it. yeah. Nothing else? But yeah, no. Stacks uh, up again, it. It, it, it really just depends on how... My hero, I guess. My hero. My hero. I, I, I get, I get, it just mostly depends on how they're going to keep that momentum going, because for all we know, it could drop. No, it, could be, be... it could be anticlimactic. We don't know. Bro, I really hope we don't get another fucking... Like, fucking... I really uh, pray... We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll get that. We'll, we'll find out. But yeah, uh, I got Urumichi remake... And Vanitas has my up and running, and Kagagi Shoujo sneaking it up. I but mean, uh, we'll see. I mean, I my, five, my five is fucking. Well, I, I already know my three. My three. I can only say my three for sure. My three for sure is Remake One, Remishi Two, and then fucking. Um, fuck. I mean, I don't know. At shows that are going to end, I'll say fucking. Um, what's it called? I'll say uh, My Hero, because it's a dis- right. definitive season. But Aquatope. I just I enjoy Aquatope too. I, I don't know. And then fucking slime. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go with my hero for three. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alrighty. Anyway. Uh, Let's end with a uh, a recommendation. We're going with Gorth, people. The Gore. 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 Paulie. Alrighty. Uh, mine is gonna be very simple. I was gonna say the title. You can look it up yourself. Pupa. There are four minute episodes. You can find them all. You can binge the whole thing on YouTube. That's all. That's all I'm gonna leave you with. Just um, have fun. Have, 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 have fun. <laughs> and whoever watches it, come back to them. <laughs> it's a. You can finish it in forty less than in about forty minutes. Have fun <laughs> for me. <laughs> you can binge the whole thing. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds like you're saying it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the point. Just have fun. Just, just, just have fun. I'm oh. not. I, I'm not gonna explain it. I'm not gonna. Just, just watch. And when you're done, just talk to me. <laughs> uh, my. I so I don't do gore very often, and also yeah. so I don't do gore very often. I mean, so how do we want to define gore? Do we want to do like violent gore, like fighting gore, disgusting gore? I guess like disgusting. Gore. Like like disembodied bodies. Like you actually see. Like you really see, like the all those gruesome deaths, like that blocked out. Um, uh, like like rated R, like actual rated R. I mean, I don't know, man. I haven't seen Devilman Crybaby. It's on my list. Uh, that would probably, based off of what it is, Berserk would be up there. I haven't seen Berserk. I'll never see Berserk. I know that for a fact. I'm sorry. I will. I, I love Berserk. I will never watch Berserk. I've just seen just don't watch the awful CGI one, bro. Just the pieces of fucking manga that I've seen from Berserk just make me fucking ill. Like I, I will never watch Berserk ever. But um, but just know you'll never have a a, a worse life than that's not happening. Like like if you say your life sucks, let's introduce you to guts. That yeah. <laughs> I've seen. I've heard part of his life. In this. Like Jesus Christ. Um. I don't fuck, fuck, bro. I don't know. Um, I mean, if you like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest two. If you like, um, like fighting gore, like fucking, like a lot, a lot, a lot of blood, um, on Netflix, you can't go wrong with either Kengan Asher or Baki. Um, but if you want like horror gore, also on Netflix, I would go with Doro Hetero. Okay. Um, both are short. Baki's two seasons. Kengan Asher is one. Is it 24 episodes? Or I think it's 24 episodes, right? It's two parts. Yeah. 20- 
two-part 24 episodes, both of them right now, two-part 24 episodes. As we mentioned at the beginning, if you've stuck around this long, um, Baki's going to have a third season that comes out in September, so that'll be the third part. And then Dora Hetero is uh, two OVAs and a 12-episode series, so that's really short. Um, but yeah, um, it has to do with like Antichrist and devils and shit and you see some disembowelments and whatnot. So there you go. Hey, let's go with that. All righty. Um, we talked our cake, we ate our cake, and now we're full of cake. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Damien Phoenix 12. Uh, we can also like to thank uh, the Chair Shot Radio and W2M Network for hosting us on Amazon, Apple. Spotify, mm-hmm. iHeartRadio, where you can listen to your favorite podcast. Oh, speaking of, I do have an announcement. Uh, this Saturday, I will be we, I will be recording a special cakey episode mm. with uh, Andrew Bellas from Chairshot as we talk about the Evangelion movies, all four mm. of them. So uh, we're we're going to be recording that Saturday. So once that comes out, if you're Evangelion fan, stay tuned, and we will tell you we will go deep into these four movies. I always say Evangelion. It sounds pretty. I say I, I say Evangelion. I say Evangelion sounds better than Evangelion. Yeah, let's go with that. But uh, but yeah, definitely great stuff. So be sure to check that out, especially like the classic series of Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, that is it for me. Um, you can follow me at um, Showstopper24 on Twitter, on Twitter S-H-O-S-T-O-P-P-A-2-4. You can use S-H-O-S-T-O-P-P-A-2-4-9 for my analyst.co page. Follow me on there. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at podcast.senpai. And you can also follow my anime Instagram, A-I underscore anime24. Daily updates on the, these reviews that we do, as well as uh, seasonal reviews. And I, too, have an announcement. We have an Instagram! Yay! Yay! Matthew, you need to make the Twitter still. I will I will soon, maybe tomorrow. So we have our own Instagram, ladies and gentlemen, at talk the keki. A-L-K-E-H-E. K-E-K-I. Talk to Keki. At Talk to Keki. You can follow us there. We'll be posting whenever our, our drops come in each week now from now on. Um, we'll be, you know, just again, follow us. Follow us for content. Follow us uh, for any news and updates on the show. Um, again, we appreciate you guys so goddamn much. Matthew, I appreciate you because my schedule has been crazy lately and you've yep. been sticking with me and we're doing these late-ass recording sessions. It's fucking a quarter to midnight as we record this episode currently, so yep. <laughs> uh, I want to extend a thank you to you as well for that. You're um, welcome. We appreciate you guys out there. Please follow us on on, on Instagram. Um, I'll be happy to, to oblige you and talk to you about anything you want to talk about anime-related on there. No problem. I got you guys. Um, again, we do this for you guys. Guys, it's fun for us because we get to talk shit and we get to bond as friends and we talk about anime. But you know, at the same time, we want to hear from you guys too because fucking you guys are the ones listening and investing two hours and twenty minutes of your time uh, into this shit. So um, we want to again relay that to you guys. So um, that's it. Oh, and by the way, on my follows on any of my bios, if you click on the link tree, you can follow me at my other uh, my other uh, podcasts. Shout out to MMA for Marks with my boy Andy. Shout out to the Orlando Tragics podcast with my boy B Ronan. Um, crazy shenanigans for all of that. And uh, I think that's it, bro. Let's wrap this son bitch up so we can go to bed. Alrighty, uh, arigato, and that's Ofaku, and sayonara. Sayonara, minasan!